You're listening to the Northern Hunter Podcast, home of all things hunting, fishing, and outdoors in Alaska. All right, everybody, welcome back into the show. I am your host, James Payne, and I'm joined here with my co-host, Dalton Gray. Hello. And Mariah Humphreys. Hi. Hi. All right, so we are doing what is now, I guess, the third installment of How to Hunt Alaska. And this one's going to be specifically about bears. We didn't end up getting to that one last time. And method of take. That's a very important part of the regs that a lot of people tend to skip over. Yes. So we're going to dive into that a little bit just so help you guys stay out of trouble. And I really wanted to pose a question to our listeners. If you are enjoying this, we early on in the development process, I guess you could say for this show, we had had a, a somewhat interesting debate on whether we should do any kind of series or any kind of kind of back-to-back episodes like this. And this one actually wasn't even intended to be that. No, it just well, kind of ended up being so much information we couldn't and, squish and it into so even know, two. James, there's part of me that really didn't want to do it, but. Right. But it is important information. Yep, and so there's uh so what my question is, and you can contact us on the website would be, do you like these styles? Would you like more specific series is maybe about a certain kind of hunt or something like that and or if you don't like it you can let us know so hit us up on the website it's uh at the northernhunter.com they have a contact button there you can send us an email at info at the northern hunter or you can go to the instagram page or the facebook page and, and let us know what your thoughts are so but before we dive into this this version of it i think mo has a very interesting story he wanted to bring up yeah i noticed this last week um I don't remember when, but I noticed this. It's been uh, circulating for a little bit now. But. Yeah, I think I noticed this. Well, I guess for when they're for when they're listening, it'll have been like right just over a week ago when I saw this. But mm-hmm. uh, it, uh, I'll just read the headline. Um, but it's from KTOO, and we get a lot of information from them. But love, love says, those guys. Uh, on a tiny southeast Alaska island, wolves are eating sea otters like popcorn. <laughs> Which uh, that headline <laughs> caught my attention. That's a very interesting analogy. Yeah. There, um, like popcorn. Yeah. And uh, you know, I have. It, 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 I was interested. I was like, well, that must not happen with the way that headline sounds. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I mean, I read the article. I'm not going to read too much of it now, but it's. Uh, so, so what's the gist of what's happening there? Yeah, yeah. As I was going to say, the gist of what's happening is there's a pack of wolves that was in the- Hold on a second. Is it wolves or wolves? I said, I'm well- getting, I, I'm, I'm getting kind of a different pronunciation <laughs> oh, here. Oh, boy. <laughs> so are, are you picking fun of my Midwest accent? It's No, no, no. I'm talking about Mariah here. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. His North Polian accent. <laughs> 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 so it's not wolves, it's wolves. Anyway, sorry. I think, I think it's I think it's, it's it's wolves. No. <laughs> a pack of wolves. I apologize. I apologize and for all of those who it's probably driven crazy whenever I've I've said wolves or wolves or something weird. I'll, I'll try to fix that. All right, there is a well. So so it started out. It, this is in Unit One. Uh, there's a small island just off of um, another. Bigger island. <laughs> I think it's down by the Alaska Peninsula, if I remember it, it, right. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Is it Alaska southeast? Peninsula this is west. southeast. Yeah, that's Unit okay. One, James. Yeah. I'm actually going to look Sorry. up this island Sorry. as we go. I, I was reading the go ahead. article before. Okay. Anyway, so it's on an island called Pleasant Island. Uh, I mean, it says sounds like a very nice place. It does. <laughs> Probably wouldn't be if we went there. Um, <laughs> I have to rename it. <laughs> Pleasant Island. Anyway. Um, 
there was uh, it, it was island it was populated with deer a lot of the locals that lived in a, a village or a town nearby would go hunt quite often and mm-hmm. they'd kind of hunt deer on it and it's only like 20 square miles anyway um at some point some of the i think one of the locals and, and i may not i may have this wrong because it's not completely clear in the article but i believe one of the locals was was a biologist okay who, who was also doing some of the hunting and stuff over there and maybe doing some fishing <clears throat> and what they noticed was they saw a wolf or two that went that swam over mm. and um and they didn't you know they, they they started killing some of the deer and it took it only took a few years and uh it, they killed all the deer and next thing and, and it went in a very short amount of time i think by 2015 so this is this is sometimes elapsed but this is just news coming out now but i think by 2015 they were seeing like um 13 wolves yeah, that would make sense. On a pa- in a pack on a 20-square-mile island. So and, d- j- just as you're going here, I'm just going to add to this by saying it, Pleasant Island is six and three-quarter miles long and four miles wide. Okay. Pretty small place. Anyway, yeah. continue. 13 wolves in the pack. 13 wolves in the pack. And uh, so, you know, with all the deer gone, they expected the wolves to crash. I mean, you know, that, right. that's what any of us would have. Right. What a conclusion we would come to. Okay, they're going to kill the deer. They're, they're going to mm-hmm. crash. They're going to die. They're going to turn or, on each other. Gonna, or, yeah, or they're going to try to go back to the mainland right, where there's right. another pack of wolves that's going to kill them. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, but the wolves continued on healthy. And so they started taking stool samples from the wolves. Uh, I mean, and they've taken like thousands of stool samples mm-hmm. at this point, I think. Okay. Um, and do, running a genetic analysis on the stool samples to see what they've been eating. Mm-hmm. And when the first couple that they ran, uh, they were really surprised that they found some sea otter and they thought, well, this must just have been like one that washed up dead on the beach. Some, some kind of anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause sea otters don't go to land. Right. Right. And then they're fairly formidable for their size. Yes. And, uh, but they went and collected a whole bunch more sample samples and discovered that, um, okay. I just realized something. I had something wrong. 2015, they counted three wolves. 2017, there were 13. Wow. Um, yeah, so two years, very That's popular, a pretty very big quickly. Boom. Yeah, but anyway, so they they collected a bunch of stool samples, looked at them, did all the analysis, however all that works, and discovered that they've been eating sea otters. That's their main course, their mm. main diet, which wow. makes sense because there's nothing else for them to eat. Right. Except that, you know, they've never seen anything like this before. And uh, now, what they did say in the article was that you know, the sea otters were trapped out of southeast almost completely in the uh, uh by the early 1900s mm-hmm. uh, mostly but when you know with the with the russians and you know the local natives would uh hunt and trap and sell them to the russians the russians would trap and kill all the rest that they could get they were taking tens of thousands out a year mm. of pelts and okay. uh anyway they killed almost all of them there weren't any hardly any in the area these ones were actually reintroduced okay hmm. um so they're say, what they did say is this could have been something that happened before that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, in uh, anyway, some of the so my questions about this because that's that that's kind of the gist of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they mention how you know sea otters are very ferocious little guys. They've got very sharp teeth, sharp oh, claws. Yeah. I mean, you know, they dive down, pick up you know crustaceans or fish, or whatever they can catch. They bring it up and and they eat it you know, in shallow water, right. but they don't yeah. go to land. At least that's what everything I've read says. Right. Yep. Mm. Now we stopped on an Island just to take a break when we were hunting in Southeast. Mm-hmm. And there was you know, a very small Island, you know, it was a few, you know, hundred yards or two long, yeah. maybe by less yeah. wide. 
Right. And there's kind of a little rocky point in the middle, and there was some brush and some trees. And uh, James, I think you and I both at different times kind of wandered up in different parts of it. Yep. Kind of wanders up to this cool little point, and there's some Devil's Club on it, and like a little, little, Lots little, oh, its own Club. little ecosystem there. But I found there was very distinct mm-hmm. evidence of a um, of critters being on not deer, yep. but of critters being on this very small island and eating fish. There was almost like a little. If I remember right, there was almost like a little cave that went through that. Yeah, there was lots of and, evidence of fish and crustaceans having yep. been eaten there. The, the bones and the shells all up and down in little spots. And, uh, you know, that wasn't anything else that I know of but a sea otter. Mm-hmm. Could have been a river otter. Perhaps. It, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just a question I have. Somebody's just listening we were, who yeah. knows and answers these questions. Yeah. But, you know, so the wolves are <clears> either <throat> swimming out to shallow water to kill these sea otters, which I don't mm-hmm. see happening. Wolves don't like water. Right. Yeah. You know, them getting on the island to begin with is, is a major feat for wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, but they, they say maybe this is a weak pack of, a weak group of sea otters yeah. that is going to land to eat. Hmm. You'd think I, they'd learn pretty quickly not yeah, to. Yeah. But, yeah. I'd read one article pertaining to this last week and, and it had pointed out that from what they thought the wolves were doing was trapping them at low tide. Mm. And, and so kind of oh, waiting yeah. until there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, water close or they could, the wolves could mm-hmm. get farther out and then able to actually basically maneuver around them and surround them. And, That's a good and point. Basically, I mean, would you call that dog paddling? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I you could. A thought I had with, with this was when, um, you know, uh, low tide, there's a lot of areas that are very shallow, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that, that at high tide can be, you know, it can be 10 feet of water on them. And uh, so if the sea otters are in a sh- somewhat shallow location when they eat, right? Yeah. And if they just kind of hang out there while they eat, while the tide goes out, you yeah. know, if the wolves are sitting there, you know, who knows, maybe sitting in the trees. Yeah, and they just run out there, and you know the sea otters don't have time and to respond. Are ridiculously smart creatures. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they'd come up with something like that. Yeah, but and, and for those wondering how, or I guess why these wolves ended up on the island, it's, it's kind of a, a interesting phenomenon with wolf social structures. So they'll actually the, the way new packs are created is they will kick out unruly wolves mm. so i was when i was down in yellowstone earlier this year i was able to actually sit and glass some wolves with a, a fellow named rick mcintyre he's kind of a, a wolf expert and uh he's got i think five different books out all about wolves and, and uh you know their social interactions and everything like that And it was really cool actually getting to sit there and we're both on our spotting scopes and i'm kind of guiding him into wolves and he's guiding me into wolves and we got chatting about one group we were actually watching was uh, a lone female that had just found a new mate. And that's what they're, ex- they're expecting happened here is that there was a mainland pack that, that kicked a, a right. female or a male. They didn't specify, but anyway, the wolves are so territorial that she then mm-hmm. had to get out of their entire territory. I mean, wolves can have hundreds and hundreds of square miles and the alternative is they'll kill it right they will kill it and and so basically you're witnessing the creation of a whole new pack here at some point two different wolves of two different sexes got booted from from uh packs and then ended up on this island but that is a phenomenal growth i mean you're talking what so they said in 15 there were three yeah a year later there was 10 yeah. And by 2017, there were 13 wolves. That is a huge right. blow up in the population. Right. I mean, even for, I mean, three wolves, that's, 
that's not even two breeding pairs, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, th- there must be more and more coming from the, from the mainland. Yeah. It would be my only thought there. Yeah. Now, do we know previously if there were any, any other predators on the island? Like, I any, don't believe there were. Black bear or anything like that? Like that Nothing. No. Well, so <laughs> Pleasant Island is right off the coast from Gustavus, which is a small yeah. uh, village down there. Yep. I would imagine there are probably bears that are on Pleasant Island. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't necessarily specify in the article. Yeah. But, uh, I hadn't know. seen anything in any of them. I read multiple readings articles and I didn't see anything referenced about any other animals on the island. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, man. Or any, any other large. And they critter. eliminated the entire deer population. Yeah. Huh? I mean, it doesn't take much for wolves to do something yeah, like that. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, Bears do kill a lot of deer. Well, black bears do. Uh, brown bears, not quite so much. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, I, I, I think they'll do it. It's more just an opportunistic thing. But yeah. the brown bears are more focused on fish and sea life and whatnot. Right. And, uh, you know, the, and not to say that the black bears aren't in those coastal areas, but the black bears do kill more deer uh, than the brown bears do by far. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially like around uh, Prince of Wales Island and that type of area it is is more what I'm familiar with with black bears killing deer. So from what I know, if there were black bears there, then I'm sure they would have contributed to killing deer. Yeah. But that being said, wolves are a whole lot more focused on killing deer Man. than uh, than the bears would be. But well, I haven't read anything in my my searchings about this event going on down there about any effort to control the wolf population mm-hmm. but if you it, yeah. uh, if you work for the state and any game management group and you need some help with uh controlling this population i think i know three guys that would love to come down there and give you a hand with that so yeah <laughs> give us a call we'll buy plane tickets tomorrow yeah <laughs> yeah it looks like a looks like an interesting well, situation seems like it'd be I'd, pretty uh, fun, I'd, be, yeah. I'd be curious to see what they do about this if they try to extirpate the wolves or, it'd, it'd be know. interesting i know they've done that on other islands when yeah. they've had issues with predator right. you know over predation on, yeah. on an island system like right. that yeah. so yeah you know keep an eye on this i mean it's you said this was on kto yeah. Yep. Yep. So, and, and I know there's a lot of people that have been covering it. So, I would be interested to know just from a genetic standpoint if the wolves historically ever did target sea otters. Because I, I can't imagine that this is the only place on the coast that wolves are killing sea otters. This is the I, first I, time they've I, seen it. I think, yeah. In any kind of recent okay. history. Okay. Yeah. That's why it's, it's been mentioned. not ruled out that any other pack is doing it. It's ruled Even, out that any other pack is doing it now. What is it, ruled out is that okay. it happened in the past. Okay. That it didn't happen in the past is not ruled out. Right. So in the past is not ruled out, but they're not monitoring every single wolf pack and watching every, you know, uh, pile of scat looking for That's sea true, otter, yeah. you know uh, i agree but with the amount I, I of remnants think, i would think if it is happening it would be very rare right exactly you know, it would be, right. so th- m- m- my point about this is if wolves know that it's a easy target every once in a while even if they're not doing it a lot then this pack figured out yep this is a really good way of getting food this is pretty easy mm-hmm. and but you it- mentioned that the sea otters in this area were reintroduced that yeah. would be something that i'd be interested to hear about um, if if they brought in sea otters from a different part of Alaska, um, and and how their historic uh, defense is wired, you know, but uh, yeah. I, I I I know that's kind of dumbing it down a little bit, but historically speaking, if these otters have never in their history 
experienced, you know, um, being hunted by wolves, you know, yep. if they lived somewhere else where wolves don't, then th- they don't understand what the threat is. Yep. And then basically you're learning from your buddies and, and your other members of the, of, of the group getting eaten by these wolves mm-hmm. instead of it, it being instinctually wired it, into essentially to them. It's the first time this has ever right. happened. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. But to the wolves in this area, yeah. they might've had the, 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 the um, back of their mind knowledge, if you will, mm-hmm. Hey, this worked, you know, for right. grandpa starvation you know. food. Right. Well, exactly. Yeah. Grandpa, when we were talking, it would have been well a hundred years ago. But, well, he's talking even if it happens outside of humans but knowing it. It's instinctual. Like you know? they go after deer mostly, yeah. but let's say if an, if the opportunity strikes, they would take an otter. Right. So I don't it's think more the of a, opportunity. It, see, see, I don't believe that sea otters are an easy mm-hmm. prey for a wolf. Period. Right. It's right. their yeah. only option here, so they mm-hmm. learned to do it. They just yep. adapt. So I don't. Right. You know, sure, it may have <clears> happened <throat> randomly, but it's yep. more likely that one may have been eaten. But I think you know, sure, there may be. You know, some genetic information from a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm but, interested enough in this. We should try to reach out to somebody and see if we can yeah, bring them I, on I, to talk about it. Because that, that, that yeah. this sounds. I mean, you could make a easily make a whole a whole show about this. So that'd yeah. be that'd be something I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah, but absolutely. Well, so, anyway, so let's get into the bulk of this this here episode. We are going to be talking about bears. So this is something that we all are. You can almost say obsessed with hunting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, the three of us, you know, there's a, there's yep. just a special something about hunting bears in Alaska. You know, yep. they're, they're just a, a fascinating creature. I can easily, without a doubt, say that, you know, the black bear in particular, just due to its behavioral patterns and everything is probably my favorite animal mm. on the planet. I mean, they're just fascinating creatures to watch. And that's, that's half the reason I like baiting is just. You get oh yeah all those videos of just the crazy things they do and, yeah and you create yep. these puzzles for them to solve but um you know so that's kind of what this is going to be about we covered what was it moose caribou sheep goat and whatnot in the last one so if you missed that go back and check out that episode if that's what you're targeting but if you're going after bear hang mm-hmm. in for this well, one it's going to be a good this time. one learn about bear then well, go back yeah. and listen to right. that one yeah. <laughs> But so Dalton, you've been, you've been hunting bear around here for a long time. So why don't you go over the, the three hunt opportunities you'd be able to get for bear? So I, I, I know that in our last episode, we kind of broke things down for species specific things as far as legalities with bears, generally speaking with black bears, it's not a gender specific hunt. Mm-hmm. It is just one black bear or three black bears or five black bears, yeah. depending on yep. your unit. And this is obviously talking in terms of, uh, of, of Alaska residents. Yep. So most non-residents, you know, I, I'm sure that in, uh, in a lot of areas in the interior, you can get multiple black bear permits uh, or, or harvest tickets for non-residents. But there are areas on the coast of Alaska that have uh, registration permit black mm-hmm. bear hunts. Yep. Like, uh, for instance, down in Prince William Sound. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it's a registration permit. And so, for instance... Um, you could encounter a situation like this. So we as residents get five black bear tags per year because in a couple of units, I know in 25C, you can shoot five black bears per year. In 20B, where we live, you can shoot three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when we get five black bear tags, if we want to go down to Prince William Sound, let's just say for a registration permit hunt, yep, that is one black bear on that harvest tick, on, yep. on that registration permit. Okay. So how this works is 
if you shoot a black bear in the interior mm-hmm. on a harvest ticket, and then you want to go down to the coast and shoot one on a registration permit, you cannot do that on the same calendar hunting year. Now, if you go and shoot a black bear on a registration permit first, yeah, then you can come back and add more to your harvest tickets. So wait a minute. You know, oh, go ahead. You can't shoot, say, three black bears in a five bear area or th- and then go shoot one. Not, not so, on the registration so, permit. So the, really? Yeah. Nope. So like how in Toke, you can shoot two brown bear, or two grizzlies. Yeah. yeah. If you go down there and you shoot a grizzly and you come back to the Fairbanks area, let's say you, you go up to like uh, the up off the steeps in the 40 mile country and you mm-hmm. happen to see a, a grizzly up there, can't take it. Okay. Well, that makes sense because that's a one bear area. Right. And, and that's the same with registration hunts of any species in the state. So mm-hmm. if you're, if you, your caribou hunt, if you take one off the 40 mile country, that's a registration hunt, but it'll still count against your five tags you could otherwise use up off the Dalton highway. Right. So all yeah. over the state, what, what he's saying is, is applicable. So, right. So anyway, so uh, most of the black bear hunts for us as residents, like I said, unless you're down on the coast somewhere that has a registration permit, most of our interior black bear hunts that I'm aware of are hunt, uh, harvest ticket opportunities. Mm-hmm. Grizzly bears are much the same in the interior. Mm-hmm. In a lot of areas, you don't even need um, uh, any kind of a locking tag. There, there are locking tag areas in the interior that you need as a resident. But most grizzly hunts, you don't even, there's not a tag no. for it. Yeah. You just need to have your hunting license. And the way that they keep track of it is you have to get it sealed within 30 days of the kill. Now for non-residents, they actually do need a harvest or they need their they need license a locking and tag. a locking tag Correct. for both yeah. black and grizzly bear. Correct. So, yeah. So and anyway, and then the brown bears live on the coast. Basically, the difference between a brown bear and a grizzly bear, I, I know in the regs it says brown slash grizzly bear mm-hmm. in, in for a lot of these. That's kind of a subjective thing. Personally, I think <clears throat> if, a, if a brown or a grizzly bear is eating fish as a main part of its diet and it sleeps for three months or less, then I count that as a brown bear because it's likely going to be a lot bigger than most of the interior grizzly bears. Yep. Yep. That being said, there are a lot of big grizzly bears in the interior that oh, you yeah. can see up over eight feet. They're not as common necessarily. Well, not, not, not necessarily. They are not generally as big as brown bears are. And that has a lot to do with their diet and uh, their, their food supply and how long they sleep in the den for. Interior grizzly bears generally, you know, a, a, a good mature interior grizzly bear is going to be seven, seven and a half foot. On the upper end, it'll be eight foot maybe or more. Now, don't quote me on this because I'm not looking at the regs right now, but I want to say that they, they document the difference between brown and and grizzly as being within a hundred miles from the coast. Is, uh, is that, I want to say that's, that's Boone, how they break it down. Yeah, Boone and Crockett, I believe, um, Boone and Crockett and SCI categorize them differently. Mm. One of them says that at the 62nd parallel and south, they're okay. brown bears. Okay. And anything north of that, it's a grizzly bear. The other one says within 50 miles of the coast. Okay. So th- that I think is... Yeah, I, I I can shoot holes in both of those theories, and I'm not going to go into all right. that. I severely the, disagree with that in a lot of ways. I think that it's very situational because there are interior rivers in some mm-hmm. of the mountain ranges in the in South Central that get runs of salmon <clears throat> that these grizzly bears technically are eating. Yep, you know well, they're, they're, they're farther away than 50 miles from a coast, and, and I think that's why the state made it a, a little bit bigger 
okay of a of a okay. birth there because it's yeah like you said i mean those those runs go right strong all the way up those right. rivers so right. so anyway that uh the, the the brown bear hunting opportunities are a little are, well are a lot different mm-hmm. i'm not aware of anywhere that you can shoot more than one brown bear a year yeah uh, I, I as at least as far as i know and, and, and you know i don't hunt in every game management unit so mm-hmm. I, I don't read the regs for areas that i don't hunt necessarily yep most areas are a registration permit or even a draw permit for brown bears yep they're a little bit more tightly regulated and that's for trophy value. Mm-hmm. Brown bears uh, garner a lot of attention because, you know, they're big. They're, they're huge. They're nice trophy class animals for, for non-residents to come up and it's shoot. The, the biggest land shoot. predator in North America, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yep. It's the largest carnivore in North America. Yeah. So anyway, that, no. that, that being said, that the brown bears, uh, just to give an idea, you know, I said grizzlies, a, a, a nice mature boar will be seven and a half foot average. Mm. A nice mature brown bear in, in a good trophy class area will be nine and a half foot or bigger. Yeah. Generally speaking, on a guided hunt, guides are looking for nine and a half foot plus bears. Some areas, nine foot is considered just fine. Some areas, eight and a half foot to nine. You know, southeast Alaska, unit four, unit one, that, that part of the state, a brown bear is considered plenty big enough at eight and a half foot. Mm-hmm. Yep. They don't tend to get that much bigger than that. In most of Southeast. That's just like regional genetics, right? Right, yeah. right, exactly. And, and, and colorations will, will vary quite a bit mm-hmm. uh, w- with brown bears anyway. Kodiak, you know, the, Kodiak has had the most attention just because of all the guiding through the years. Mm-hmm. I know I mentioned in, in a previous episode about Pinnell and Tallifson. Uh, there's a book about them, The Last of the Great Brown Bear Men. And they... they sort of did their part well a large part of of uh, advertising and commercializing guided brown bear hunts on kodiak back Mm -hmm. in the 50s and so on so that that being said the the brown bear industry is um is is booming and is it has always been more desirable for non-resident hunters to come up and shoot brown bears just because of their extreme size yeah Mm -hmm. i always tell clients if if they ask me how come you're obsessed with bears so much and I, I always answer it the same way because we don't have lions. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, right. if I had something more dangerous to hunt, I would hunt it. I, yeah. I just think that dangerous game hunting is a blast. Yep. Brown bears require a lot of gun to kill. You know, we talked about that in a, pre- in a previous episode as well. Mm-hmm. I like big guns and I like big bears. I cannot lie. <laughs> so at, at any rate, uh, you know, I, I, on, on Kodiak, you're generally going to see that trophy class held to a pretty high standard because the guides on Kodiak are managing for extreme upper well, class size bears. And those bears have been isolated for so long that yes. the genetics for that yes. is just more The genetic isolation too. on Kodiak is, yeah. is very, very good. And even on Kodiak, it would be more common for a nine or a nine and a half foot uh, squared size bear mm-hmm. to have potentially a Boone and Crockett skull size just because of the good genetics. Yep. And uh, in, in a lot of other parts of the state, a nine or nine and a half foot bear might not have a Boone and Crockett size head, uh, e- e- even if it's, you know, uh, I, obviously a nine and nine and a half foot bear is, is a good bear, but in other parts of the state, to, to generally get that trophy class skull size, you're going to have to pick for nine and a half plus. Yep. You know, that's that's just the way the genetics are. And, you know, Kodiak, I I, I have seen a lot of dark bears come off of Kodiak, okay. too. But I, I, I seem to see uh, it, it not necessarily more prevalently, 
blonde and lighter color bears on Kodiak, mm-hmm. but more than other parts of the state. Okay. It's just a coloration thing. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't dark bears on Kodiak. And I'm sure people will text me with dark bear pictures from Kodiak. <laughs> I understand that they're there, but I just seem to see more photos of big giant 10 foot plus boars that Yo. are lighter colored mm-hmm. and those exist in other parts of the state as well but they seem to be more common well, in that part of the state and all over the state wherever you go in these i mean alaska is such a massive state yeah. there's going to be broken down into certain ecosystems where they might you know thrive in one area right and then this group of bears is more right. just kind of sticks in this area right. and then right and you know so you're going to see everything from a, a brown bear or a grizzly that looks Pertinier black, yeah, to yep. a very blonde one to yep. a toklat, which is right. an awesome, yep. awesome color, which phase. is like a blonde top and a black and, leg, and it's type very thing. dark yeah. legs yeah. with, a, with a, a mane. It's, it's yeah. such a pretty bear. The brown and, bear and then, that I shot in southeast in 2017 was pretty near black, mm-hmm. but that's I, I have yet to see a blonde colored brown bear or yeah. even a light brown brown bear mm-hmm. in southeast down in down in that unit where I hunt. Yeah, I, every brown bear I've ever seen down there is dark, pushing black. It, and, it's just how they are. And black bears have even more crazy yes. differences yeah. because the, the I mean, color you, you'll see, you know, just in our area, you've got true black bears, you've yep. got chocolates, you've got cinnamons, right? You know, you go down south and you can end up with blondes and and the really, the one I'd love to see someday and and I will is a glacier mm-hmm. yeah. black bear, a that blue is, bear. Yeah. That is my, my a top bucket list item for me. Yeah, is, is to to find a, yep. a glacier black. That is bear. the most. That is the most rare uh, color phase of a yep. black bear for sure. Yep, and, and so it is really they're fascinating creatures just from that standpoint alone. Is that they yep. can look so different in different yep. regions. So. And I think just to cap off the black, brown, and grizzly bear differentiation, you do have to have a guide as a non-resident mm-hmm. to hunt brown or grizzly bear. Yeah. So interior or coastal. Do they count black bear in with that as well? Or is no, that that's no, not? No. Black okay. bear you can shoot as a DIY hunt as okay. a non-resident. Yep. But for brown or grizzly bear, you do have to have a guide. Yep. And so again, for a non-resident, that's an automatic locking tag. And I think for most residents as well, you have to have a locking tag to shoot a brown bear as well. I've never heard of a hunt where you didn't. Yeah. 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 It's and just most interior. grizzlies, you don't have to have a tag as a resident. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just but, take, it down in, and, take it down and get it sealed. Right. Yeah. Yep. But in a lot of units in the interior, though, even as a resident, you do also have to have a locking tag. You do. Yeah. So. Yeah. When we did our registration, when we were down in Southeast, yeah. Mo and I, we had to get a locking tags for right. that. So. Right. But yeah. So if you are a resident and you're hunting in the interior for, let's say, caribou or moose, and you happen to see a, a grizzly bear and maybe you hadn't known ahead of time right oh snap i don't have my tag you don't need one right you know take it just check take, to make sure you don't need a locking tag i mean make yeah. sure again cycle back to the last two you know Read episodes the and look yep. at the, look at where you're at look at the regs make sure they're in season make right. sure you're, you know it's a bear you're allowed to shoot right. but if it's a legal bear take it skin oh, yeah. it, you know yep. bring, bring the head and hide out and go get yep. sealed and you're perfectly legal so. absolutely so those are the three bears that you can hunt here in alaska would be the, right. the black the coastal and the gri- interior grizzly bear yep there are polar bears here in alaska for those that are wondering but they are off the menu as far as hunting goes they've been protected in this state for some time and they're right they're not even an option so right i, I believe you can hunt polar bears in canada yes. if you are accompanied by an indigenous yes. guide but i don't think you can bring them back into the states now there has been i've heard some horror stories as Pretty far as sure importation goes back yep. yeah um yep. so if you do want to hunt a polar bear, I'm sorry, you can't do it in America. And uh, you might not even be able to bring your trophy back to America. So we're just going to completely skip over that, right. that species. Just wait till the apocalypse happens. 
All right, folks, I want to take a second to tell you about a product I found this last year and have absolutely fallen in love with. It's the Stealthy Hunter rifle cover. I used one on a recent black-tailed deer hunt in southeast Alaska, and it did a great job of keeping the salt water and debris out of the action and also protecting the scope on my rifle from getting knocked around and damaged. On top of all that, the carry handle made it easy to transport the rifle to and from the boat during the hunt. When it got wet from rain and ocean spray, I hung it up at camp to dry at night and it was always dry in 20 minutes or less. Stealthy Hunter also offers a wide variety of nutritional supplements for the outdoorsman such as CBD oils, essential vitamins, turmeric, and bone broth. In the gear shop, they also have a lightweight first aid kit, glassing pads, and stuff sacks to organize your gear and your pack. Go check out Stealthy Hunter's website and use the code THENORTHERNHUNTER at checkout to get a discount on your order today. All Stealthy Hunter equipment is proudly made in the USA. Hey guys, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you've likely heard Dalton and I go back and forth about bullet construction, and how I like rapid expanding bonded core bullets that leave massive wound channels. I've also stated I would never use a monolithic bullet. Well, I'm here to tell you about the company that finally changed my mind. Hammer Bullets produces what I would consider the most premium and best working monolithic bullets on the market today. These bullets are designed so that after penetrating the hide of an animal, the front half of the bullet explodes, shedding its petals and imparting massive damage to the vital areas while retaining the rear shank for maximum penetration, effectively closing the gap between lead core and monolithic construction. The guys at Hammer designed these bullets with 100% focus on how they perform once they reach their destination. But don't let that fool you. These bullets have amazing VCs and have specialized pressure grooves built in for amazing inherent accuracy. They have a minimum velocity rating of 1800 feet per second, which allows for long range shots, but have no maximum velocity, making them perfect for every cartridge from your granddaddy's old 3030 to the high velocity rounds like the Weatherby 3378 without having to worry about your bullet failing. They've also recently partnered with Weatherby to provide factory ammunition for a multitude of cartridges. To view their expansive selection and find the perfect match for your hunting needs, go to hammerbullets.com to buy yours today and drop the hammer on your next adventure. Everybody knows that one of the most important pieces of a hunter's kit is their knife. Whether you're looking for a fleshing blade, a skinning blade, or just a quality, multi-purpose knife for the backcountry, Yukon River Knives has what you need. They offer blades such as the Hunter, Small Game, and the Sendero Bush Knife. Yukon River Knives is based in Texas and has a unique mission goal in that a percentage of all knife sales go to support a missionary in Alaska. Now Dalton, you've experienced with these knives in the field. Talk to us about that. As a matter of fact, I have used a few of their knives and watched my good friend Remy use them for years with great results. They have a micarta handle that doesn't get slippery when it gets wet, and they have phenomenal edge retention for long skinning jobs. Go check out our web link on thenorthernhunter.com and that'll take you directly to Yukon River Knives website to see their full selection and order your knives for your next hunt with the discount code THENORTHERNHUNTER at checkout. And remember, nothing replaces a quality hunting knife. Now, Mo, you have been hunting bears since you were seven. I have. So why don't you take this next part away with the methods of hunting that we have offered to us in this amazing state? All right. Well, my primary method I did growing up, and I've done quite a few others, uh, but uh, 
here and there, but growing up, I did a lot of bear baiting. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, at seven years old, my dad pulled me into the bear bait stand and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's so Alaskans' favorite springtime. Oh yeah, springtime activity. <laughs> so break down to us in a in a short synopsis. What is bear baiting for those that don't know? Well, you get a bunch of real smelly, stinky. St- <laughs> you know, you get something for the bear to eat and, yep. and you spread it out. You find a spot that's a quarter mile from a road or a mile from any kind of kind of dwelling or state recreational area. Um, and you uh, set up a stand or, or a blind. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't actually done a blind hunt. I've always been able to do it out of a stand in the areas I've been in. Tree stand. Tree stand. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and uh, yeah, you. You throw are, out the bait and you throw out the, yeah, and it's, and it's a springtime thing. Only in the spring it ends, right. yep. ends in the end of June. Some areas down yep. in uh, South Central, like down on Unit 16, mm-hmm. you can bait in the fall. I've but, seen that, but I've heard yeah. that it's not very productive in the fall. Yeah, it, it's hit or miss because they have so many other food sources that time of year. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, no, you, you set up the bait and I mean, you set up, uh, usually set up some game cameras. Yep. yep. In the state, uh, if you're coming up here to hunt and, you know, if you've got a buddy with a black bear bait or something and you're going to come up, try to shoot one off of it and you're like buying gear and you want to be able to help you can, that's great. But don't bring up a uh, cell camera that sends right. pictures to your phone. That yeah. is illegal up here. Right. So there, there has been, that's been a topic of debate for a long time. Uh, I know that just last year they were trying to fight that because typically I'll, I'll say this from my understanding, they're not illegal. What wow. they do is they, they, they follow the same rules as a, as a fly in hunt. So when you check it, you're not allowed to hunt till, till 3 a.m. the next day. I've known guys so, get written up for it. So I think, okay. I, I think that was one of the proposals, but I don't think they actually accepted that. Did that not go that. through? Yeah. I, okay. Because I, I know so. the other one was they were, I mean, they were wondering why that's illegal anyways, because it's not like you can look at it at 2, 2 p.m. while you're on your work shift. Right. You know, right. realize there's a bear there, load up your truck, haul out there, you right. know, an hour out to your bait yeah. and expect that bear to still be yeah. there. So, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and and you set up some bait, and you hope some bears start hitting it. You keep you check it once a week until uh, you got some bears on it. And once you uh, start getting consistent bears hitting it, you you, you uh, get on a time and you go sit in the stand and hope something shows up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And, and baiting bears for for our Midwest or Eastern listeners that are used to baiting deer, it is not anything similar. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of technicality, See? a lot of science, a lot of you know, uh, understanding the animal you're going after. And we're going to do a whole lot of talking about that specifically the only in future episodes. Similarity but to that is the uh, fact that there's bait there. There's bait <laughs> and, you're, and you're sitting and waiting. Yeah, basically. You know, bears are a lot but, more forgiving most of the time when it comes to noise and scent, depending yeah. on your location, a lot of what it has to do with too, depending yeah, on where yeah. you're at and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But usually, you know, if, if you, if you, uh, so, th- so that if you need to scratch, scratch your nose when the bear's in, if you do it slow, you're usually fine. You can't do that with a white tail. Right. Yeah. So, so that takes us from April 15th to June 30th. That is the season for baiting. Yeah. For black bears. For black bears. Now, right. depending on your region, you can actually bait for grizzlies or brown bears as well. Uh, yeah. But typically that's one of those things you have to look at the regs because like our, our region, we'll just talk about our home unit right now. 20B, you're allowed to shoot grizzlies over bait. but only until May, yeah. until the end of May. After that, anytime in June, they're off the menu. Right. So that kind of sucks because June's like the hot season. You know, that's, like, that's when everything bears, starts yeah. hitting. And so right. I've, I've seen baits where, you know, that there's no grizzly at all. And then all of a sudden, right in June, it's nothing but grizzlies. And yeah. so 
you know, there's other areas that you can, you can shoot grizzlies all the way through the baiting season. Mm-hmm. Uh, just again, look at your area, your specific region and make sure that you're within the regs on that. But so that takes us through the spring. After that, if you were wanting to hunt, what would you use? Oh. Or what method would you use? Uh, I'd say there's basically one primary for that. And that would be uh, like a spot and stock style. Right. Uh, we've talked some about like the mountain hunting and that would probably yeah. be the most productive that time of year. Right. Yep. Um, and that's where you pick a spot on the map and it, ideally you've been there before, you know what you're doing. We talked a lot about like scouting out places before you're going to go on the hunt. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is a great time to do that. This is a great time to scout moose and sheep spots too. Yeah. Because uh, you can go there looking for bears, depending on what's open. A lot of times, most after baiting season, most most grizzly bear hunts are closed, right? They they do have a weird. Now this is also dependent on unit, and it changes. Right, right. Like, it changes like so here, much. Grizzly grizzlies over uh, before before June. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then um, I think it closes down till I want to say September. September, yeah. yeah. So like what, you can do moose hunting, but like black yep. bears are always going to be open, in most of the state, mm-hmm. um, right. as, you know, yep. especially here. So if you go find a spot. You're, you're scouting out a new moose spot or something. You're able to go look for, uh, look for, for moose sign, look for right. moose, mm-hmm. look at moose. And, uh, also, you know, keep an eye out for black bears. Yep. Cause you if know. you happen to see a black bear while you're scouting for moose in July, yeah, absolutely. then you can take it legally, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. at least in, right. the, in, in the section of the state we're in. I mean, obviously right. check your regs. A lot of areas too. <laughs> grizzlies, liability. Yeah. <laughs> grizzlies will open up sometime in August in a lot of units too. Mm-hmm. So if you are sheep hunting, you can, you know, coincidentally take a grizzly. Obviously yep. speaking as a resident, you're allowed to shoot a grizzly on, you know, if you're out sheep hunting in August, you know, sheep season opens August 10th yep. in, uh, in, in, in Alaska. And so if you're on that sheep hunt and you see a grizzly bear and it's open in that unit, then, you know, spot and stalking that time of year, the grizzlies are going to be on blueberries uh, for the most of the state, at least in the interior and you, you can have a pretty decent chance of seeing a grizzly up and up in a berry patch and shooting mm-hmm, that way too. Right. A lot of guys that just want to shoot a grizzly on a spot and stock hunt, basically, if you want to go after them in the fall, just pack like you're going on a sheep hunt and just go try to find a bear. You know, that, yeah. that's, yep. that, that seems to be a really good way of thinking about it. Just go on a sheep hunt for bears yep. because you, you're going to see grizzly bears in those high alpine fields that hold blueberries that time of year. It's like going to a fight for a hockey game. <laughs> right <laughs> right long live the sport of ice hockey but yeah check your regs because uh, i mean you can be a couple miles from from a from a game management unit and something in a, in a grizzly yeah. be legal and not right yeah right. And, and i've known people that exactly maybe didn't actually understand the border of where they were or something like that maybe right. it was right. legal to shoot a black bear where they were the unit they thought they were in and they ended up just on the other side of a ridge or something like exactly. that and, yeah. right so it is very important the other thing I'm going to point out to our listeners real quick is the baiting season takes you from April 15th to June 30th. Now, the weird thing about Alaska is that, and and we've touched on this before in a previous episode of this series, but the, the general tag and licensing system runs with the, the calendar year. Mm -hmm. So you get your new hunting license on the first of the year. It's good until the end of the year. You get your your moose tags, caribou tags, everything right at the same time. They're good forever. They're good for the rest of the year. Now, <laughs> bear, on the other hand, is weird in the sense that it is only good from July 1st to June 30th. So right. the black bear tags that you may use if you're mm-hmm. doing this, this alpine style spot and stalk hunt later in the year, let's say you're scouting for moose or you're sheep hunting, that 
takes away from your tags for the next spring. And when you get done with the baiting season at the end of June 30th and you clean up your bait and you get out of there, you have to report all of your, all of your tickets. You have to close out all of your existing bear tickets and get new black bear tags. Right. And again, I think we've talked about it in the last one too. I don't understand why that is, but, uh, but that is the, the calendar year for bear specifically. The other thing that I want to mention is bear hide requirements. In uh, harvesting black bears, if you shoot a black bear before June 1st in Alaska, you are required to salvage the meat as well as the hide and the skull. Uh, before June, I, I believe the hide is optional, but you have, to re- you, you have to retrieve the skull and you have to retrieve all the meat. Really? The hide, I believe, is optional before hmm. June 1st. Okay. We can double check and verify That's that. Black the bears, not on grizzlies. But, correct. I'm talking about black bears. Oh, so the, 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 but then the, after, the early black bears would be what I would think would be the more valuable hide. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 all the down yeah and absolutely. And, and that being said, I've never left a hide in the yeah. field either. But that, that, that is an option. And, and then after June 1st, you do not have to harvest, you, you do not have to harvest the meat on black bears. Really? At that point, it is just hide and skull. Okay. So the, the, the legal harvest requirements change. Now, for, for grizzly and brown bear, I know, I know that hide and skull is correct. pretty much always a requirement. Uh, hide and is skull. there any units that do require you to take the meat? Because I don't know of anybody that eats it. Not brown or grizzly bears. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Not that I'm aware of. I didn't know if there were certain units that maybe I had some weird regs. I can't say I've heard of that either. Yeah. 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 You know, some people Just, do really like the meat. Yeah. Really? More but power to you. Everybody I've heard that's tried it, and, and I haven't had the pleasure yet, but everybody says it's awful. I'll tell you, the backstrap of a young grizzly, phenomenal. Is it? Other than that. Okay. Yeah. If it has, been eating, if it has not been eating fish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a young interior yeah. grizzly, I've had some really good backstrap off of those. I've tried coastal brown bear twice, and that's been enough. Really? I, I don't have and any desire. What would your best description be? Oh, Like, boy. is it just fishy, or is it like... Well, non-fish like, I mean, season, beginning of the, like... Because I, mean, I guess when you're hunting them, the fish haven't run yet. So, uh, well, in the spring, but I've eaten both my brown bears from the fall. Oh, okay. <laughs> gotcha. I've, I've tried them in the fall, and I, I guess the best description would be a really sinewy steak that has an aftertaste of sardines. Oh. <laughs> it's not very tender, and it's not uh, it's it's not all that chewable mm. either because of all the. I, I I'm not really sure what makes it that texture but it's just it's just kind of off doesn't grizzly bears in the fall i mean if it was just eating blueberries i probably wouldn't have a problem giving Mm -hmm. it a shot and Mm -hmm. i i've eaten interior grizzly bear before but not a lot yeah i I don't know anybody personally that eats it the the way it was explained to me is you'll know if you're going to eat it the second you walk up to it Mm -hmm. when you smell it when you when you cut it open and you you get that first whiff yeah that's when you'll know if it's been eaten on dead caribou carcasses or berries basically so only folks I know that have ever eaten grizzly are the ones that shoot them over bait in the early, early spring. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll take mm-hmm. a little bit off, you know, like Mariah said, the straps you know, yeah. a, or, or in the fall, if they've been eating berries. That was a, actually a fall that I had the straps on. Okay. Hmm. And, okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, I hadn't shot the bear. It was, it was, it was a buddy, uh, my dad's buddy on the hunt. But, um, yeah, and it was, I mean, they were very tender, very mm. good and a little, sinew, little sinewy. I mean, that's yeah. the yeah. Brown grizzlies is there's going to be sinew. It's going to be a tough for me. And that's yeah. one of the, yeah. I think that's one of the main reasons people don't like it. Cause people like all kinds of weird flavors in meat well, when it's really tough. Well, yeah. And, and that's kind of bear in general, because even with black bears, all the black bears meat that we use, you know, we pretty much always grind it mm-hmm. or we make things that you can cook in a slow cooker. Yeah. I have tried to make black bear steaks. 
and I just don't really care for it. It's just kind of right. the same thing. And again, with a trichinosis, you have to cook it to such a high temperature right. that, you know, it's, it kind of ruins how I usually like my steaks anyway, mm-hmm. medium rare or nothing. So, right. Um, I found personally with black bear, mm-hmm. especially a younger one, you can get some really tender meat. And, uh, I think the FDA says 160 degrees. I've read a lot. I think you're right. Yeah. I've read a lot that 140, as long yeah. as you get your internal temp to 140, mm-hmm. you're good. Yeah. You know, and certain yeah. people, they're just going to say, well, I'm going to make sure I'm at 170, which, right. you know, if you want, you feel like that dry meat power to you. But <laughs> Shoe leather. Go ahead and read yeah. what you just highlighted okay. there, Mariah. So uh, we're looking at the regs here and it says, if you take a brown grizzly bear, a brown or grizzly bear in a brown bear subsistence area, under a registration permit for subsistence purposes, you are required to salvage all meat for human consumption. Salvage of the hider skull is optional. Huh. That's only in a subsistence. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. And that's found on page 25. It's the third paragraph up from the bottom on the right side column. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Well, yeah. That, 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 again, that doesn't really apply to us. Right. You know, yeah. We're, we're not shooting brown bears in subsistence areas under <laughs> registration permit. So. And and if you are the person that's shooting brown bears in the subsistence area, I'm sure you already knew that. So yeah, yeah. But but anyway, so let's get into so that covers the kinds of bears we can hunt, right? The ways you can hunt them. Now then, there is one more, but we're gonna save that for the later segment. But okay. Uh, so how about t- telling the size and the sex of your of your black bear specifically? Let's start with black bears. I I mean black bears. It's really gonna be kind of universal, but. Right, right. I mean, bear judging in general is all kind of, uh, well, it, it is pretty similar across the board, I would yeah. say. Uh, th- th- there are some... Well, go ahead. I was going to say, let's actually start with telling the difference between right. a grizzly and a black bear. Okay. So for those that see maybe a chocolate phase black bear come into the bay. You know, that, that's, that's actually important because uh, I know somebody who shot blonde black bear and mm-hmm. just had dark legs but I mean it was blonde blonder than a lot of grizzlies yeah mm-hmm. my first black bear I shot was a real blonde when I shot it with my recurve and my now my father-in-law was with me at the time and he shot one three hours later that night these were over a bait mm-hmm. and his was even more blonde than mine was really now they were both only like five and a half foot black bears you know kind of average you know adult black bears yep but they uh, you know the, the coloration was you know, pretty blonde, like I said. So that, 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 that color really doesn't necessarily mess with a lot of people as long as the bodily characteristics are pretty obvious. Yep. But I kind of take that for granted because I've looked at so many yeah. bears and I'm right. sure Mariah feels the same way. Exactly. Yep. I know someone, you, you and I both know someone that, uh, um, we'll just say pulled up on a bear and shot it thinking it was a, um, a color phase black bear mm. ended up being like a like a six foot grizzly bear, <laughs> and luckily for this individual, it was in an area that he could shoot a grizzly bear, mm-hmm. and it, it was totally legal. It wasn't over a bait. I believe he was just riding somewhere, and he just saw it cross a trail or something, and pulled up and shot it. Yeah. That being said. I I would exercise a little bit more discretion <laughs> because uh, you know had it been in an, in in an area that grizzly bears were not open and he yep. would have shot it thinking it was a black mm-hmm. bear that could have been a um, a problem you know certainly would have been a certainly would have been a violation of the law 
and, and the reason I, I kind of bring this up especially is because of stories like that i know of several stories similar yeah. to that or but also i mean you can look on videos and social media posts from different people saying look at this look at this grizzly look at this grizzly and, yeah. and it's oh, actually yeah. just a oh, color yeah. face black bear yeah and you know to the experienced eye you know that immediately right you, know, you can tell just by the features but so right. what are those features so that that being said i'm just going to keep talking about this particular instance because that that person sent me a a message with a photo of that mm-hmm. bear uh he had it on on a tarp i believe it was i still have the photo somewhere and it, it was on a tarp and he you know he had brought it out whole on his on his four-wheeler mm-hmm. and he sent me a photo and he said look at this nice color face black bear i just shot and I immediately fired off a text message to my buddy, Remy, mm-hmm. and I believe to Mariah. I don't think you texted me about it at the time. You told me about it later. Okay. <laughs> so I, 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 I sent it to Remy and I said, I said, uh, a friend of mine just shot this. What do you think? And uh, I, I wanted to leave it open-ended because mm-hmm. I, I looked at it and said, that's a grizzly for sure. And I, I just wanted to hear his opinion and hear what he said about it. He said, well, I hope he's in a grizzly bear unit. <laughs> and yep. uh, he said, I, I responded and said, well, he swears it's a black bear. And he stuck by it until he took it to fish and game. And the fish and game biologist really? told him, no, that's a grizzly man. He was, he was stuck to the idea that he had shot this very grizzly looking color face black bear. <laughs> and I think it was likely because he didn't want his grizzly bear for that year right. to be this little dinky guy. Yeah, no kidding. It was not much of a grizzly bear. It, right now, it, 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 good for him. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't have shot it had I yeah. seen it and it would have been an illegal area. It's a grizzly bear, whatever. You're yeah. just killing predators, right? But that being said, I, I don't think that he wanted to claim that as his grizzly bear for the year. And it was also his first grizzly bear that he never oh. shot. So anyway. Well, and then he probably notched a black bear tag that he then lost. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I, we never really discussed it that much after that. I never even saw the hide of that bear. Mm. I, I never even saw that bear in person. I just saw the photo. Something of you're it. real proud of till you find out you were really wrong. Yeah. And, and I texted him and I said, dude, that's a grizzly bear. And he, he argued with me about it and, you know, swore up and down that it was a, that it was just a, okay. this lunky masculine looking black bear. And I said, mm. no. And, and like you said, the feature that really stood out to me that there were there were two things that really stuck out to me that made me say that's a grizzly bear. One of them, and this is the easiest thing to look at, the hump. Yep. The hump is yep. like the biggest, most obvious feature on a grizzly bear that black bears don't have. They have no they hump. They do not have humps like that. No. Even a big brawny oh, yeah. black bear boar does not have this massive hump on the back no. of his, from, on, from, on, on, on the top of his shoulders. Yeah, from shoulder to shoulder, it's going to be broad and it's going to be very big, but it's going right. to be flat across that right. section. There. Exactly. So I, anyway, I, uh, I responded and I said, look at the hump on it. And then I said, look at the feet. And I remember the feet just being big and right. just abnormally big for a black bear, you know, mm-hmm. that, that he was trying to convince me it was a black bear. I said, dude, I've shot a pile of black bears and I, I've never seen a black bear with feet like this. This is a grizzly bear. Yep. I, I, I'm actually going to try to find the photo now that I'm talking about <laughs> it so much. So but, you, you showed me that photo and I think you may later and you may have said, hey, what do you think this is? And I yeah, was like, just trying to pose the question. Right. And right. I, obviously I'm. I'm sure I said grizzly. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah, you did right you know, away. Well, one of the biggest things for me with that with a size bear like that, a six foot grizzly bear, isn't going to be this muscular looking 
It know, was scrawny looking. Right, they look mm. scrawny because it's a young bear. Yeah. Any young bear looks scrawny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna be long legged. They're gonna look small like they bellies. have right. They're it's because it can be deceiving, especially with black yep. bears, because black bears will a young black bear can look really tall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just because he doesn't have that fat and bulk yet. Yep, right. Yeah, one thing I like to do at the bait, especially for my cameras, is I'll put uh, markers on trees at certain known heights. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And so then as the bear, you know, I'll try to figure out where they're going to walk right past. And so then I can get a nice shoulder height on that bear and judge it more accurately. Uh, that'd so, be good for, for yeah. all you rookies out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I'm just messing with you, James. I'm just messing with you. It's funny because, like... <sighs> I said, I've been looking at bears at bait since I was seven years old. Right. There's never, you know, it, the thought hardly even crosses my mind to even think about like, oh, is that a black bear or a grizzly bear? Unless it's right. a bad picture, like, you know, a black and white picture on a game cam of, of, a, of the side of a bear mm-hmm. can be hard sometimes, yeah. especially if it's like a small female grizzly. That's when you might sit there scratching your head, especially if it's the same size as a large boar, black bear. Yeah. That's the only time that there's been like confusion. Um, for me like and usually it doesn't take very long to figure out what's what yeah but other than that i've never had a problem of looking at a oh my yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. <laughs> we're looking at the picture right yeah. now yeah that's so a grizzly enough. yeah exactly so, so that, that, that 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 being said i i think the hump is the easiest distinguishing yep. feature between a grizzly and a black bear yeah yep. if we're talking about grizzly bears that are uh similar in size to a to a full-grown mature black bear now one thing you'd mentioned was the feet Mm-hmm. And a big difference between the two species is going to be the claws yes. on those feet. Yes. You know, if you're, you're looking at a black bear track, the, the, the little marks from the claws mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the soft dirt, and just for this particular example, you're going to have the pad and then very close, you know, within a couple of inches for sure of that front pad imprint is going to be the claw marks. On a grizzly bear, those are going to be a lot farther stretched out forward. Right. The black bear's toes, because and this aids in them climbing trees, right, yep. are a lot more curved and uh, um, curved down at a sharper angle, whereas the grizzly bears are more made for digging. Yep. They 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 dig up a lot of roots. They mm-hmm. dig up you know I mean ground squirrels, wolf dens. <laughs> yeah. We've seen videos of that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, digging up ground squirrels, digging up marmots, digging up roots and berries mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things in the in, in the soil. The, the those those claws are more straight out and they're a yeah. lot longer than a black bear claw. Does, does it say in the regs what the average is for these two species? Because I know with black bears it's like two to three inches is um, the average for for an adult. But in a, the actual a grizzly brown bear would be much that's not longer something, than that. I mean, if you're looking at tracks, that'll help you. Right. Yes. But, and that's what it's going towards. Is, and it's is not like a tracks. hard and fast rule either. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen some grizzly bears that have short-ish claws, like contemporary to other grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even a short claw on a grizzly bear is still going to be pretty obvious that it's a grizzly bear and not a black a bear. A short claw yeah. on a grizzly bear looks like a long, really long claw on a black bear. Right. And if you're not looking at, let's say you're looking at, um, say you're sitting in a stand, tree stand. You're looking down at a bear and you can see its feet. Mm-hmm. A black bear's uh, fingernails mm-hmm. are going to be black. Yeah. Almost every, every, anything I've ever shot. They're not, they're usually, or very, very dark. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. the grizzly bears are a lot more likely to be a lighter color yeah. and they're going to stick out and you're going to know a black bear's feet. You may not notice them yeah. on a black bear mm-hmm. very quickly. Whereas right. a grizzly bear, 
you know, he sticks his, you know, if he sticks his leg up in the air or you just look down and look at his feet and you've got a good view of his foot, you're, you're going to see, see sticking out. those claws. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. a lot of them, like, I mean, when you, when you just see him walking, I mean, you can oh, just yeah. see yeah. those things. Right. I mean, just, right. They're very noticeable. They, they shine, exactly. they shine in the sun. Yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. black bears will be, not only are they curved and close to the foot, they're in the hair a lot more. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. There's hair growing all around them and they're, they're a lot, they're a lot more covered in that, in yeah. that aspect. And they're closer together. Right. Yeah. Sideways to yeah. right. Yes. So that, that that's that's a really good way <clears throat> of, of just telling two things. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. the no. facial features are going to be a lot different as well. Yep. A grizzly bear boar from a sow is, is generally a big boar grizzly from an average sow grizzly is going to be a little bit easier to distinguish between a big boar black bear and a and an average sow black mm-hmm. bear, I think anyway. Black bears can be tougher to judge boar and sow, and even then, yeah, I, right. I've I've talked to a lot of people that agree with this. Anybody who says I'm a hundred percent that's a boar on a black bear still is only about ninety percent chance of being right. Yeah, I've so- seen some sows that are pretty, you know, they have a lot of characteristics that I have looked at and said that's a boar. And mm. I've also shot black bears that I thought were sows that were just oh, big yeah. sows and ended up being a boar. So I, I think the black bears are a little bit tougher. Yeah. Brown and grizzly bears are generally a little bit easier just because of the proportionate difference. Mm-hmm. Because a big, big grizzly is a lot bigger and a lot different yeah. looking than an average uh, sow grizzly is. Now, between the facial features of a grizzly and a black bear, yes, that's a good way to tell the that's difference, too. That's a pretty easy way to yeah. tell the difference. You can, you, know? you can look at its face just so yes. it's, you know, sticking its, yes. sticking its head right in the camera, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that, that being said, you know, the, the, the really, really common one that a lot of people go off of uh, for sizing different bears, and this goes for black and grizzly bears and brown bears as well, is the space on the top of the head in between the ears, mm-hmm. uh, um, grizzly bears and brown bears and, and black bears all alike. It, mm. Generally speaking, if you have a really big bear, the, the ears are going to be more off to the side of the head almost. As, as the bear's head grows, those ears come off the side of the head. I can tell you're going to say something there. <laughs> well, I'm leading into the part I told you about before, before oh. the show. So... I, what I did before this this actual episode is I went through and, and I took oh that's right um, yes. notes on the actual ADF and G training for this. So for right. anybody listening, if you want to come up and, and hunt for, I believe it's only required for brown bears for you to watch this video. But if you're going to be baiting bears, you actually have to go through a clinic yes. through ADF and G, and they're going right. to make you watch this exact same video. And so they have a bunch of different things okay. that they put in the training so what i was what i think would be good is to to kind of bounce that off of real life experience so that mm-hmm. people can see what what the state tells you you're going to see versus what you might actually really see okay yeah go so ahead. we're going to go i think the, that the pretty first, much covered what we were talking about though sorry as, as, far as, so, as far as the difference yeah between those two we can recap real quick i would say the just, best just, thing people could do yeah I, I, I sorry i lost my train of thought there as you were bringing that up mm. uh the, the, the best thing i would say that you could do to be able to tell a grizzly from a black bear if you're if you're in that situation where you can see either or let's just say that you have a chocolate black bear next to an average sized grizzly bear in the interior. They're very similar colored. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that you have a game camera and you have pictures of two different bears that you can tell are different bears, but you're trying yeah. to tell, man, is this just a really big yep. black bear? 
Or is this just a really average or small grizzly bear? And especially in some of those waning light hours, yes. those trail yes, cameras exactly. don't take very good. Exactly. So that, that being said, I think the best thing you can do is just look at a lot of photos of them and mm-hmm. then just try to pick up on those details. You know, look for the hump. Look at the head structure. Is the nose long and squared off? Is, mm-hmm. is the nose kind of a square shape or is it kind of coned and almost rounded looking? I've noticed that black bears have kind of a round bridge to their nose. They almost look more dog-like. Yeah. Yeah. Grizzly bears have a lot more pronounced of a schnoz, if I can say it that way. <laughs> they, uh, a, a, a big boar grizzly bear, or, or even a sow grizzly bear for that matter, mm-hmm. has a more pronounced snout, and it's, it's almost more of a square shape to it than black bears are. Mm-hmm. That's, that's another good way of being able to tell. But again, nothing can replace, just, just look at, pictures and you know just google yeah. photos of color phase black bears yeah and just scroll through all those hundreds of photos that are going to come up familiarize yourself with what the black bears look like and then look up um average size interior grizzly bear photos yeah. and look at all those and by the time you've looked at a lot of black bear photos as soon as you see a grizzly bear it's going to come on like yeah. a light bulb yeah oh, well that's obviously a grizzly bear because look at the hump look at the feet look at the claws look at the facial structure look yeah. at the nose and, and, and these are all things that experienced bear hunters don't even have to think about. They right. Just, yeah, right. just yeah. recognize and it. And even just talking about this, I'm having to like think, okay, what do I actually acknowledge and look at? Because exactly. Uh, it's yeah. really hard Same. for me to do that because I'm just so used to it because I've looked at so many different bears, right. whether in person or on, you know, other guides' phones. Oh, yeah. yeah l- l- look at this grizzly bear that my client shot. And I just look at it and I know that's a grizzly bear because he told me it was. So yeah. now... When I look at it, my mind automatically registers it's a grizzly bear. So having to recount what actually the, the what the actual features are that really make it stand out from a different bear, you know, you have to think about that. So it's mm-hmm. it's actually good that we brought this right. up because it kind of makes me think about that and and it helps with communicating that to other people too. You know, yep. talking about this on the podcast, it 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 helps you be able to communicate that to another hunter. You know, someone that you're going to bring out there. Look. If this bear comes in and he looks like this, then that's not a bear we're after, you know? Yep. Anyway, so yeah. No, so a big thing, Go ahead. once you can tell the difference between the two, is telling which gender it is. Is this male or a female bear you're looking at? Now, one thing that interesting that ADF and G claims is that specifically for brown bears, they would be able to double the bag limit for coastal brown bears if hunters were better at not shooting females. Really? Yeah. And so wow. in, in a lot of these areas... I know in, uh, I want to say the Kenai Peninsula was, okay. was where it happened this last, this last season, but they actually shut the brown bear hunt down early because so many sows had been taken. Mm. And so just like we had talked about this in the last episode, there's certain hunts where if too many females are shot, they will just mm-hmm. shut the whole thing down. So, you, you know, the, the more, the better you are at determining this, one, uh-huh. you're going to get a better quality bear. You're right. going to get a, a right. better trophy to take home with you. But the other thing is you're going to, perpetuate that species a lot better and so they're going to be able to reproduce and you're going to be able to continue to come back and hunt them year after year or you know your buddies can come up and hunt you can share the experience and so yeah in in the differencing that's what this this video that they require you to watch goes over and so the the first thing that they go over and this is one i found really interesting because i'd never actually heard this before but it was color yeah now, according to the training in the yukon area the darker coat is a good indicator that bears likely a female or it's likely a male sorry and females tend to have more blonde characteristics i've noticed in the interior that's that's pretty much the case i i, mm-hmm. I haven't seen 
very would, many light colored males. I'm trying to think of all the bears that we've looked at. For the, the most part, I yeah. would agree. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely seen a, a couple of males that were pretty light in the interior. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, it specifically mentions the Yukon and that's further north. And I think, you know, more northern parts of Alaska. Mm-hmm. That's probably definitely true. Um uh, yeah. Would you agree? Like I've definitely have trail cam pictures of yeah. like three or four bears, grizzly yeah. bears. Um, and there there's hardly any color difference yet. You're looking right. at two boars and two sows or, right, right, right. or something yeah. like that. Now, and, that, that. And I will say that most of the very, very blonde sows that I have seen have typically been accompanied by or uh, very blonde grizzly bears I've seen have been accompanied by cubs. And so they're sow. Oh, but, right. That makes that easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have definitely seen, well, actually, you know, I'm, I'm on the Alaska Professional Hunters Association uh, membership as, as a guide. You know, it, it's, it's kind of a route to get work, if you will. It, yeah. It's a big association. Anyway, I, I got their magazine a couple of months ago for the year, uh, for the winter, and they had their awards, their APHA awards. And in the magazine, you know, they had photos of different animals and different guides that, that kind of won each category, if you mm-hmm. will. And there was a particular guide, uh, James Smith. And uh, I, I had seen the photos of this bear, but I didn't quite know how big it was. And it was over an eight foot interior grizzly bear that was like bleach blonde. Hmm. It was, and it was, like I said, eight and a half class bear. It was a huge grizzly bear. It was an interior, it's what it was mm-hmm. labeled as. And it, like I said, bleach blonde hair color. And that, that's not something that I've seen a lot of. But now that I'm thinking about it, again, the bears that I've seen in the interior, as far as grizzlies go, if it's not been kind of that brown or even dark brown color, it's been like the total opposite, which almost makes me think of like a color phase variant. It's not like a particular area has, you know, kind of a variance of dark, medium dark, mm-hmm. you know, medium brown, and then light brown, and then like bleach blonde. It's either brown, like a grizzled brown color, mm-hmm. or it's bleach blonde, like almost uh, bordering like a white color almost. Yep. Uh, so that, that, that that's, I don't know how much... I, I, I'm not sure if there's like an actual class of color phase grizzly bears necessarily. Yeah. I haven't heard of one. I don't think so. I think it's just genetic. Right, right. But, yeah. but that being said, for the most part, I would agree with that. That, okay. that a lot of the interior grizzlies seem to be a, a big boar is generally going to be darker for, yeah. the, for the most part. Again, yeah. not hard and fast, but it's, it's kind of a good thing. And, I, and, and a lot of this is process of evaluation. Mm-hmm. you're looking for a lot of different things you know you, you're not just going to look at the color you're going to look at the head and 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 the body yeah. structure and oh, all yeah. that and, and i'm sure we'll get to that down, yeah. down this list and, and and they didn't present this as like a use this to judge whether you shoot it or not kind of right thing. what right. they presented this in the training was for like if you're looking at it through a spotting scope from a ways away oh, okay. you're wondering if you should even move in on this bear okay the dark if it has a dark coat it's probably a good chance so it's worth putting in the effort to get closer and take a closer look and look at these next several features. Okay. Now the next one on the list was that they had brought up was the size of the ears. This is what you were just talking about. Right. Is that tiny ears compared to the head size Mm -hmm. spread off to the side of the head. I mean, it's an older, larger bear. Right. And I can attest to that with just the different bears that have come into the baits, you know, that I've Mm -hmm. run and that when you have a a doinker come in, Mm -hmm. you can tell. 
Yeah. I mean, on a young bear, those ears are close together and they stand straight up. Looks like dog you know, ears. Yeah. They just, yeah. They, yeah. you can instantly look at it. Yeah. And tell that. And then I guess the ears don't grow in proportion to the body. You know, they kind of just reach that point and I, stay there. So as the body gets I bigger. I don't think that it's necessarily that the ears are smaller. I think it's that they look smaller they in look proportion smaller. to exactly. the head. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Well, and another thing I've noticed is, I don't say more like cat ears than dog ears. A lot of Almost, dog ears yeah. are flat and you know lay on the sides. Right. Um, but they, a, a young bear's ears, a lot of times will have a little bit more of a defined point to them. Mm-hmm. Whereas a larger bear's ears will look more like that rounded teddy bear look, especially yeah. on a grizzly yeah. bear. That is very true. Yeah. 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 And, and the, then you were, I don't know if you can remember where you were with the, the little spiel on the the spacing, but that's yeah. a, that's another thing. It, it, yeah. The, they just kind of grow sideways right, almost. Right. So well, and, and again, it's not that the ears grow sideways. It's that as the skull gets bigger, right? They, yeah. As as the head grows, they just kind of go off to the side mm-hmm. more. Right. And, and that's one thing that was kind of interesting about the bear I got to take this spring was I noticed that exact phenomenon because we were sitting in the stand and honestly, I wasn't even planning on hunting this night. I had walked into the bait on a Tuesday night of all nights and got off work. I was beat to death, but I needed to go out there and check the cameras. And as we're, we pull the SD card, get up in the stands. And as we're sitting there, a little young bear runs into the bait and makes tons of noise. That's one way, you know, that they're, they're young. And, <laughs> you know, but we heard it before we saw it. And so it comes barreling in there and then it starts looking really kind of weird. Now I had skittish skittish. Yeah. I, I wasn't wearing my, my hunting, set up i was in like a, a bright blue flannel you know not what you'd want to wear when you're hunting but <laughs> so then that thing was like we had just discussed i mean the, the ear stuck straight up off the top of its head it was very young very lanky mm-hmm. and and you could just tell immediately it was a very young bear yeah so it started looking kind of skittish and looking around and sniffing the air and i thought it just smelled us because I, I hadn't been set up to hunt yet and so it takes off and I'm sitting there on my phone and I'm scrolling through pictures and I look down and there's a scrolling bear through trail camera, pictures. trail camera pictures. Yeah on, yeah. on my phone with the little card reader. And I look down cause I noticed some movement and there's a bear right underneath my stand, a different bear, <laughs> a different bear. Yeah. yeah. And that was the an immediate thing I noticed was the ear spacing. That yeah. was the very first thing I looked, I said, it's black and the ears are on the side of its head. Yeah. And that was the exact moment I decided I was going to take that one home with me that night. So, yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. so that's, a, a good in the field determination of not necessarily gender, but of size. Yep. Right. That is, that is how you can tell a bear is older or, or if it's too young to shoot. Right. And, and we'll go over what, how young is too young, but in a little bit, but the next thing on this list is the neck width and length. Okay. So the next thing they talked about in, in the training was that a longer and thicker neck indicates a, that a bear may be a male. Females tend to have more compact and slender necks. That's 100% correct. Yep. Mm-hmm. At most boars that I've shot, I, I really can't think of any boars that I've shot that don't have much of a neck. Now, it, it, at, at first glance, if they're kind of turned and their neck is compressed a little bit, then it might look like they have a shorter neck, but in reality, it's just so thick and muscular yeah. that it just looks like an extension of the chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, but, but the sows, when they give you a perfect profile standing look, their neck actually is shorter. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a really good way of being able to tell that as well. Yeah. yeah I, I totally agree with that. 
Yeah, and, and I've noticed that with black bears and grizzly or brown bears yeah. too. But yeah, yeah, sows also like that has a, has a uh, thinner, more Slender. looks like it looks like a neck. Mm-hmm. Like, say, yeah. like a, yeah. on, on yeah, a boar, it doesn't look, have that mass. You've got that thick, like right. you say, it just looks like you're coming off the shoulders, going to the to the back of the skull, like yeah. mm-hmm. almost a straight line or thicker. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. All right. So the next section would be head or size of head and shoulders. Mm-hmm. So this is a two part. So. It says the males have a squared head and extra wide shoulders, wider than the actual head is itself. When females and adolescents, the shoulders are typically the same width as the head. Females have more of a slender and long face, whereas males have a short, blocky face. Right. Now, I, I used to think about that the wrong way. When mm. I first started bear hunting and, and I was looking at a lot of brown bears and grizzly bears, I used to kind of think that the boars had a shorter face mm-hmm. all the time. And I, I used it to the point of a fault. Like the actual where, snout was shorter right, itself. Right. Yeah. And that, so I, I assumed that the snout was going to be short and squared off more than the females. Mm-hmm. It's more of an overall head structural thing. Mm-hmm. The females have more of a cone shaped where it, it, if you start at the side of the widest point of the head on a female, it just looks feminine. If, if I can just say it that way, yep. it just kind of cones down and is just very slender, very little um, facial differentiation between one part and the next. It mm-hmm. just kind of cones down and mm-hmm. you know out to the nose. It's smooth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More so smooth than a boar. And, and a boar will have, like I mentioned earlier, Especially on a big brown bear or grizzly bear, they have a really big defined squared nose bridge mm-hmm. that's more defined on a boar than a sow. And the, on the boars, they'll have a very noticeably blocky forehead yep. compared to a sow will, uh, compared to what a sow will, sorry. Uh, the, the other thing is, and this is particularly brown bears and grizzly bears, I've, I've seen black bears that develop this as well, but it's a forehead crease. Okay, yeah, and I know what you're talking that, about. That's, that's formed by the muscles on the top of the bear's head. And on brown bears, you can even get like a triangle in the hair mm-hmm. right on, uh, it, it, we, would, we would point to between our eyebrows. It would be right about there on a bear. And that's another really good way of, of, of judging a, a nice, big, mature boar as well. Mm-hmm. If they have that kind of a triangle rub in, um, in their forehead. Now, I have seen some smaller bears that have that, but it's not nearly as defined. Uh, I, 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 was, I, I, uh, I was on a hunt with a client last spring that shot a brown bear that had a very defined uh, forehead triangle rub. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a dark haired, uh, uh, dark haired color throughout his entire body. His back end was a little bit rubbed shorter, not rubbed thin, but mm-hmm. just shorter haired, but more like a Buffalo butt type of hair. Okay. Uh, so on his rump, he had kind of a blonde patch back there. Just, you know, the, 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 the guard hair was kind of rubbed off mm-hmm. and the guard hair was real dark and the under hair was kind of uh, more of a, more of a, uh, a dark blonde color. Mm-hmm. And so on his forehead, there was a rub on, right between his, right between his eyes. That was a, that was a blonde triangle. And that's a really good way of being able to tell kind of the size of the head as well. Uh, well, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the maturity of, of a boar in particular that they'll they'll get that forehead crease or you know that that little indentation in in, in their in the top of their forehead 
And I've seen that on black bears, but on brown bears especially, I've seen that forehead triangle. And that 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 is another way. Like I said, it's not like a definitive 100% mm-hmm. way to tell. Mm-hmm. That's another way of adding one more thing to the list well, of, the, of characteristics. Yeah, and, and the thing is you should never base your decision off one feature. Right. You know, right. you should be looking at all of these features repeatedly, yeah. not only from one angle either. Right. You know, I mean, and you had discussed it in, in the episode about guns for bear hunting where yeah. you should be within you know 100, right. 150 yards and so as you're seeing this thing from a far far off distance working on getting closer to it right. working your way into that 100 150 yard mark or right. closer if you can yes then you know you should be running through these checklists right over and over again generally speaking i'm just using my brown bear you know spring guiding as an example mm generally when you see a brown bear if if you're a good ways away you're looking at it through binoculars first to Mm -hmm. identify it and then you pull out the spotter if you think it's a bear worth looking at you zoom in the spotter and you you kind of get a decent look at all those characteristics and you can kind of get a field assessment and if you think he has a lot of features if if you think he might be good enough then you get closer Mm -hmm. and uh, if preferably you get inside three or 400 yards with a spotter to get a simulated 25 yard view of it if you will you know a spotter on 60 power at three or 400 yards is Mm going to give you everything you need to see yep uh and then obviously after that then you close in the distance because like we said these are dangerous game animals yep want to be close to shoot them and that also gives you your last moment of assurance you know yeah uh that, that being said that that dark bear that that we got last spring uh on that guided hunt with the client that, that had that forehead crease, you know, he had the body structure and we saw him, I want to say 250 yards away when, when he popped out on, on the beach there. And, uh, we were on our way out from one spot from mm-hmm. hunting and the wind had changed and it had gotten bad. And so we left the one spot we were walking out uh, to leave that particular spot. And on the way out, this other bear stepped out down the beach away from us uh, up in the grass. And so we immediately dropped, got out of sight. He hadn't seen us yet. And then we pulled out the spotter at like 250 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we took a look at it and decided, yep, he's got everything he needs. And when he turned, I remember distinctly when he turned, I could see that very defined crease in his forehead and the ears were real wide. And he had those big lobes on top of his head. Mm-hmm. And I saw that triangle. And that's, that was my last thing that I needed to see. I said, yep, that's a 100%. And I, yeah. there was another guide on that hunt uh, along with that client. And uh, the, the other guide and I both 100%. That was the last look we got. And we said, yep, we're killing this bear. Yep. And uh, that's, that's, that was the deciding factor. But after everything else, and we'd looked at a lot of other characteristics, you know, body size and, and uh, another kind of a... This is kind of a um, a sub point that I'll make just because we're here. Kind of a subjective thing that that I was told years ago. I I can't remember for the life of me who told me this, but a, 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 an, an old bear guide told me that if you can fit a brown bear's head length, so mm-hmm. from the base of the head to the tip of the nose, inside the body cavity, so not the neck, but inside the body cavity three times lengthwise then you're likely looking at a, at, at a very mature, you know, trophy class brown bear. And he said 10 foot or, you know, w- within six inches of 10 feet. So, you know, it could be nine and a half, could be 10 and a half. And that's, you know, 
it's really hard to give hard and fast numbers mm-hmm. in a situation like that. You know, if you have a long enough look, you might be able to get close. But generally, you know, if if you say that's a nine and a half foot class bear, you can you can tape it out and it might be nine foot or it might be, you know, nine, nine and a half or, mm-hmm. um, you know, nine, eleven or even ten plus. But yeah. th- th- that being said. That head length measurement, I, I, I've seen it work for the most part. There have been a few boars that, that I've seen shot over the years that that I wouldn't have been able to get three head lengths in that made it over nine and a half feet, mm-hmm. and it was just their body structure. Right. Uh, and, and if a bear has an enormously large, uh, large head and his body just isn't all that greatly big, which doesn't happen all that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- that could be another way to shoot holes in that theory as well. Like I said, it's, it's yeah. very subjective, but it, again, it's just kind of one of those things that you just <laughs> add to your toolkit. And, and sometimes, sometimes it'll work out with brown bears. Now, along with kind of maybe semi-subjective, but possibly useful things, you were telling us a method about, let, let's say you're out on a spot and stock hunt yeah, and you were maybe not able to see the bear, but you can see fresh tracks in the sand or, you know, the, the yeah. beach, beach mud, whatever. Yep. Um, you were explaining a, a method that's sometimes used for tracks to, to yeah. gauge size on bears. Yeah. A lot of people take this one as gospel. I, you know, I, I, I haven't really done this a whole lot and mm-hmm. taken it at full face value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I know a lot of guys that do. And, and I, I've, I've cross-checked it a few times. And so I'll, I'll mention it on here. It's if you if you see a track and you know that this bear that you're looking at in the spotter or whatever is this track that you found on the beach and you, you can watch him, you know, walk down and you happen to go up and intersect his tracks. If you measure that front pad width and then add an inch to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really specific here. That's specifically the front pad. Correct. Yeah. Front pad yep. width in the, you know, the sand or the mud or whatever, and then add one inch to that mm-hmm. and then turn it into feet. You know, that that's if, if it's so a six inch wide right, yeah. print of the pad and then you add the add an inch to that to make it seven, it's a seven foot bear. Gotcha. Uh, that I I'm not 100 percent sure that that's going to work every time. Yeah. Again, it's just another one of those little but subjective if, things. But it might be one of those things where if there's a bend in the beach and you can't get a good visual on the bear and you're wondering if you should even pursue it and spend the time to it go could after be. it, yeah, it, yeah. it might yeah. give you a, a heads up. It's on. more likely in brown bear hunting that you're just going to bump us, uh, just walk, walk across a set of tracks on a mm-hmm. beach that you've been hunting and you see this track and you know there's a big bear in the area. Yeah, so right. it's worth sticking around there for the next few days to try to see if he comes back out. Yep. But a lot of times they will, you know, that they have their little circuits they run and they'll come out at, you know, seven o'clock at night and they'll be on the beach for an hour and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. And they might do that every night or they might do it one night and you never see the thing again. You know, yeah. but that, that being said, if you see a track and you're looking in that area for a good bear, this will give you a good idea of how big the bear is. It's working that particular spot. Yep. Uh, again, I've, I've been told that that's a pretty accurate way of telling it. I, I don't I, none of the guides in our camp that I work with in the spring necessarily hold to that very strongly that, that I'm aware of. I've never really asked them about it. Mm hmm. Uh, but it, it, it is a pretty commonly accepted way of estimating square size of the height. Yeah. So it is, yep. you know, like you said, yet another thing that you can just kind of add to the toolbox. Yep. Now back on definitive tactics, though, and I, I struggle to say definitive, but the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now, the shoulders, when you're trying to tell the difference between a boar and a sow, is going to be, for the most part, a fairly surefire method of use. Being said that, 
a male is going to have more predominantly bulky shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of that body weight is going to mm-hmm. be more towards the front. And that's universal on, on both black bears and grizzlies and brown mm-hmm. bears. A, a female sow is going to have more weight in the hip area. Mm-hmm. It's going to seem when you're watching them walk broadside, you're going to see a lot more of that kind of the, the, the weight just kind of mm-hmm. sitting in the back half of the body versus yep. the front half. Right. And, and, and yep. to my experience, that's been fairly universal yeah. every time. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. actually one of the more deciding factors I use when yeah. trying to depict it is, I mean, the facial features are good, but like when you can see those shoulders, right. That's a really good indicator that you're looking at a male versus a mm-hmm. sow. Yep. Yep. Those big, you know, muscular shoulders on the bears, you know, that on, on the boars, I mean, is, mm-hmm. is generally a pretty good way of telling as well. That, that is, that is true. Yeah. I think, oh, go ahead. no, I, I was just going to say that there, there's another thing that I would add to that. Uh, speaking of shoulder size and, and we were just talking about head size mm-hmm. and head configurations. I have seen in a few cases where you get a really, really big bodied boar mm-hmm. that makes the head look small. Even though oh, it does yeah. have the features of that squared off blocky forehead, even with a crease and the squared off nose mm-hmm. bridge and all that, I have seen where it has all of those features, but the head overall doesn't look all that big right? compared to the monstrous body. You know, you mentioned earlier about the shoulder width on a front on look. Yep. The females will generally have a slender, uh, um, uh, a more slender body profile. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost streamlined from, from the, the hips. Right. You know, from the hips to from the, the nose, it's almost more streamlined. Right. So if yeah. you're looking right. at it from the front, the head won't look necessarily bigger than the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Whereas on a boar, you could have it where the head looks a lot bigger compared to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. But like I said, in some situations, and that's why we keep saying this is all subjective because mm-hmm. a lot of bear hunting, a, a lot of bear judging is all subjective. and it, It's kind of like I said, it's a process of elimination yep. of all these different factors that you have to weigh in yep. to just come to the conclusion. And like I said, even then, there's still a small chance that it could just be a big old sow that just has all these features. It's also a big reason we decided to do an entire episode just right. on bears. Yeah. Right. Yep. Bears are definitely the most highly contested yeah. animals for judging boar versus sow on all of the forums and all that yep. amongst hunters. So that, that being said, that the head size compared to the body can be off from what you would think. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people picture a big brown bear boar as just having this monstrous head compared to the rest of the body. Yep. And while that's true, a lot of the times, a huge bodied boar might look his head, might make his head look pretty small yeah. in, in relative comparison to the big body. Would you say that seems to be like a regional genetics kind of thing or just simply I an age I don't thing? really think so. I, yeah. I think it's just individual bears. Yeah. And the, the other thing that I would mention, you mentioned that the hips on the females being bigger, the, the, the back half is generally bigger on a female yeah. than, than a boar is. That's why and, we like them. <laughs> uh, the, 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 the boars, I, I've noticed boars that their back end kind of has a saggy look to it, like an old man in a pair of jeans. Like an old farmer, <laughs> like an old man in a pair of jeans. You know, there's just there's nothing back there. Yeah. And uh, I've noticed that a lot with bears too. You know, a, a big boar. You know, he'll have a big old front end and big strong muscular yeah. shoulders, and you know, the farmer throwing hay bales type of thing. Yeah. Right? But there's not much to his seat, and that's I've seen that a lot with bears. Too. You yeah, know, that's, yeah. I, I was I was thinking and, about that too. And to that illustration, when you watch 
uh, let's just give the illustration between a guy like me. I'm six foot two and I weigh a buck 90. Okay. I'm not a very big guy. I'm not a heavily built person. Yeah. Compare the way I walk to the way a 350 pound power lifter walks. Yeah. Okay. There's a difference in that. In, in that gait in, in how the body yeah. swings or how they waddle but. okay <laughs> but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a term out at you here swagger yeah okay yeah a brown bear a big brown bear and, and even a black bear too there's a difference in how a big boar walks compared to a sow yeah Big boars don't just pick their legs up and walk straight mm-hmm. no they kind of swing. And like a big, bulldog. And big bears will even get kind of pigeon-toed looking, <laughs> where yep. their front feet will kind of stick in towards each other as they walk, and they'll get that pigeon-toed walk, yep. where their elbows are almost bent off to the sides a little bit. Like Mariah said, like a bulldog walk. Mm-hmm. And they swing their back hips to, yep. get that, to yeah. get that body moving. Okay, That's a really good way yeah. of judging black bears and, and brown bears and grizzly bears alike, is when they have that swagger. Mm-hmm. Those big, old, mature boars have that swagger to their walk. And that's, man, that's, I have never seen a sow walk like that. Ever. And, and that's one reason why at my bait, you know, I will typically, you know, I, I'm running multiple cameras. Yeah. You know, I'll typically have anywhere from three to, well, typically it is three, but, you know, cameras at different angles, you know, mm-hmm. one might be closer to the barrel so I can get kind of an up close look at them. One might be more of a, a wide angle, far out shot so mm-hmm. I can see primarily where they're coming in and out of and then one on video and one on video yep. and it's just for that reason <laughs> right. because you know you, you want to be able to get those still shots to be able to judge all these other characteristics right you know and get those good quality still photos but mm-hmm. you want to see him walking see in that walking gate, out yeah yep. that's a big factor yes so yes Th- those big bears carry themselves like they're a big dominant more mm-hmm. that's i i would say of most of the stuff that we've talked about today that's the one thing that I would probably stick to as the hard and fast thing that I've yeah. never seen a sow do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you see right. a big bear with a bunch of these other characteristics mm-hmm. and he has a big swagger walk like that, yep. I would probably be able to bet money on that that that's a boar. Yeah. You know, and, and like I said, this is all just a big toolbox of bear judging tools. Yep. And if he has a bunch of a bunch of the other features, you know, the, the squared off nose bridge, the the, the um, the um, the blocky forehead, the crease in the mm. forehead, or the diamond in the forehead. He has big front shoulders, kind of a droopy rear end. Yeah, but he has that big swagger walk. That's a bore. Yep. Now one weird one, and I'm going to bring this up because I had never heard this before in my life until I watched this video. <laughs> is they they say uh, you can tell the difference based on the fluffiness of the fur. Now. And I'm only bringing this up because it's in the ADF and G training. Okay. So I would think this would be super subjective based on whether they're they're wet. Are they not wet? Are they muddy? Are they not muddy? What time of year is it? Right. So now it says that females and young bears seem to have fluffier fur. It may seem to stand up more and be lighter than older bears. Uh, Male fur lays flatter and seems smoother. Now, I cannot personally say I've ever noticed this mm. in, in any of my bear adventures. I'm I, trying I, hard to think. Yeah, I, I, I can't think of a time I looked at a bear and was like, "Oh, that one's fluffy." I have the last a one I looked at. Tremendous like, amount of pictures of grizzly bears on baits. Yeah, and I can't necessarily think of a particular instance, but I might be able to go through pictures and say, "You know, I can see that a little bit." Mm-hmm. I don't say that's 
I don't know if that would even ever be something I'd think of as a contributing no. factor. No. Right, yeah. Now, you will notice definitely a younger bear might look like he's just got this fluffy teddy bear look to him. Right, yeah. 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 And not even necessarily a uh, like like a, a cub, but mm-hmm. like a young bear, mm-hmm. even like a three-year-old grizzly. A lot of times they travel in pairs or, you know, they stick together for a little while. Yep. And those will look very... Definitely, I've seen a difference but, there. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's some, I mean, they're small and there's so many other things to look at. I don't, I can't see ever using that in the field. No. Yeah. No. That's, I could, it, it struck me as so weird. That's yeah, why I just had to bring that it up. That one like, I'm going to shoot down. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like thinking about looking at some photos right now because it's so. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't think I would ever use that in any situation, to be honest. Yeah. I've, like I said, I, I described the one bear that we got last spring that I was talking about earlier that had that predominant forehead crease and that diamond in his forehead and like i said he had good hair on most of his body but his rear end had you know some rubbing on it yeah. mm-hmm. like i said it wasn't rubbed really really rubbed all that bad it was yeah. just the the guard hair mm-hmm. was rubbed off and underneath was like that buffalo butt type of type of hair yep it was short and kind of matted and thick and I, I, man, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would go off well, of that. For and, and that's just the thing is, you know, when, when, when they're getting into the heat of the later spring, yeah. you know, and then the temperatures are rising and, and everything like that, these bears, they will literally rub themselves off, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that sounded wrong, but they will rub up against trees and rocks and all kinds of other things. And, you know, just they'll completely take themselves bald. In certain areas, anybody yeah. that's run a bait and, and has camera pictures or oh, even yeah. taken a bear, you know, late in Some June, of them look like they have, uh, you know, th- have uh, the mange. Yeah, yeah, I've seen their yeah. whole forehead be completely bald. Oh, yeah. You know, like an old man, or you know, like yeah. they've got, you know, the parts of their back, you know, where their entire from the shoulder to the hind end is just completely rubbed, completely yeah. bald, and yeah. so just like a big gray. You know, spot using of skin. the fur as a, a the defining factor, I really struggle with saying that. Yeah, I, that's I'm no. looking at pictures right now and yeah I, it's too subjective everything else we've yeah. talked about i see so. and but i mean these two bears i'm looking at as a sound bore i had on my bait last year and i i, th- I think i can see it but that's mm-hmm. after let hearing that right so here let me yeah let me see that um so here let me switch to where oh, it's a left or right or something here so like the so so the first one you're looking at swipe so so there's your uh, there's your boar. Oh yeah. So that's his okay. butt, right? Very obviously big. That's a, that's a that's a very yep. nice interior grizzly. Yep. Um, and then we go over here, and there's a sow. <laughs> She's obviously answer, a lot smaller. I guess that answers the question. Um, but I mean, it's hard to you don't in that picture you don't see any difference. At right. all. But I mean, yeah. it's a much lighter colored yeah, bear yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. coloration, I, which would sure. fall back to the color part. But right. I mean, the fluffiness though is like, yeah. But that's the boar again. I, I don't think right. I don't think they're there together. I, I don't think that passes the real world experience test. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think right. Yep. I, so so anyway, so the last thing that the training talks about in the video. Could, well, I, I oh. just have a quick comment to say. Oh sure, go for it. We can shoot that theory down like a Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Preferably before it gets to the other side of the country and completes his yeah, mission. But. Right. <laughs> oh, I was waiting to put that one in this episode today. <laughs> you really got another one over Prudhoe Bay? Dude, there's been like four of them yeah, this week. Yeah. yeah. I was on the, I, I was, for work, I was out at the NOAA station. And yeah, uh, and yeah, yeah. that was, 
All the raging news. We need to get but, a bunch of guys up in Prudo when the next one comes over and just walk out and moon the thing so that China <laughs> China gets that picture. Right. <laughs> Take a that spot in Prudo. <laughs> Take that, you bunch of commies. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Sorry. So, so the last thing that the training goes over <laughs> after that. So these are the, the defining features. Once you find the bear, mm-hmm. they actually did lay out some times you should be hunting and places you should be hunting where you're more likely to hit a male versus a sow. This okay. one, I really want to run through the real, real life experience test. So males are more likely to be, this is a four part. So I'm going to go just go through all four and then you guys can pick it apart as you want. One, more active in the spring than sows. Two, more active in the afternoon and evening. Three, in valley bottoms rather than ridge tops. And four, on previous kill sites. That's me, where they uh, say when, where, and basically, you should let, look let for Let me take this one. Board. Yeah, go for it. I have... <laughs> black bears are very predictable that way. Yeah. Grizzly bears are not. Yeah. And I haven't seen necessarily a difference in black bears, male, sow, to boar mm-hmm. that way either. That's what this is all talking now, about. Now, I could... Right. I know. It's sound of boar. Now, gr- grizzlies do whatever they want, whatever <laughs> time of day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Black bears... You can plan on when you're going to be there and when he's going to be there almost. Yeah, but right? for but for either but for, differentiate for, for, for either or for I, either gender. Right, for either gender, I don't I don't see that happening. Yeah. But like I would say I'm just saying black bears are very scheduled compared to a grizzly. Yes, mm. but this is talking about boar versus sow. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just making a point since we're on the topic. Yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway, you know I could see, perhaps, although I don't have a lot of experience with kill sites, mm-hmm. maybe they'd be more likely to sh- make themselves known there. Because, yeah. I mean, a sow's number one thing, especially with cubs, is going to be protecting the cubs. And right. Especially in the spring, a sow's going to have cubs that she's trying to protect. I don't... I haven't seen the, those other things. And maybe, you know, and maybe a biologist could sit down with us and show us evidence for all these things yeah. we're trying to shoot down. Here, here, no, the no, problem is for... you can't use these hunting. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. Here's here's a great way to think about it. We all run bear baits. Yeah. Mm. A bear bait, they treat it like a kill site. Yeah. Okay? Basically. As, as long yeah. as as long yeah. as there's food there, they're going to keep coming back. Right. Yeah. Same way with a moose carcass or a caribou yeah, carcass a or, or, mm-hmm. or whatever they're going to kill. Okay. Yep. It's just a food source. They don't know that it's a bear bait. Yeah. It's just an easy food source, which mm-hmm. to them, everything else in life that's an easy food source is a kill site yep. as far as meat goes. Right. So I could see, you know, okay. So on that note, when you have a sow and cubs on a bait mm-hmm. and a boar comes in, the boar runs them off. Yeah. Or the sow leaves before he even gets there because she mm-hmm. smells him and hears him coming in and says, yeah. nope, you know, yeah. gets his wind and just takes off. Which, for those listening, is because bears are actually cannibals. Oh, yeah. And so the, the boars will come in and, yeah. and the bears have a really weird uh, breeding cycle because the, the females actually have almost total control over mm-hmm. when they go into heat and don't. And so the boars will come in and try to kill the cubs of this sow. And then once she's cubless, she will then actually go into heat and, and he will try to breed her. She, she can, so that's, I, I don't think that's why they do it. I think they just do it because they do it. Yeah. But generally speaking, that's, that's yes. why a sow is so afraid or is it tr- is so that cautious is a very around popular a boar. theory. Yeah. Right. It right. is yeah. because to, to protect right. the cubs. Right. So of those four things that you just mentioned, I would say the only one that I would give any credit to for judging uh, boar versus sow mm-hmm. would be the kill site one. Okay. If you see a few bears on a bait 
and there's one that keeps running all of them off, mm-hmm. it's likely going to be a big dominant yeah. boar. Yeah. Yep. I could see that a, that, that a boar, you know, obviously if a boar kills a moose and a sow comes in, he's going to run her off, you know, especially if she has cubs, she's going to run her off and try to kill the cubs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the only one that I could give any credit to. But even then, what if there wasn't a boar around and a sow killed a moose and there's a sow sleeping on this moose carcass and you find it in the mountains yep. or, or in, in a valley somewhere and it's the only bear on it and you go up and shoot it and it's a sow. You can't 100% definitively say that, well, there is a kill here and there is a grizzly bear on it. It's got to be a boar. I think what they were hinting at is just these are where boards are more likely to be. Not that it's a definitive, this is where they'll be, but mm-hmm. more if okay. you want to go after a boar and then run through this checklist and have it be more of a success that when you run through this checklist, you're going to end up saying, yes, it is old enough. Yes, it is a boar. That these are the spots you should be looking for. Okay. Well, it I is th- the way they worded it. As far the- as the valleys and uh, the, 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 the times, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. really can't give any credit you, yeah. to that, that Which, and that's that was, that's going to be more of a maturity and preference thing than anything else right yeah if you have a grassy beach on the coast that is lush bear food in the springtime mm-hmm. in may and uh and you have a little bear out there feeding as soon as a big bear comes out he's going to throw the little one out yep. he's, he's going to run him out of there and that that, that little guy is not just going to stick around for the show because that bear will kick him out or you know kill it if it sticks around and tries to fight yeah uh, you know, so the, 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 the bigger bears get dominance, but a big sow will run a young boar off as mm. well. Oh, yeah. Right. So that, that, that's, I would say that's more of a maturity and size preference thing than anything else. But, gotcha. You know, I, I, so for that reason, you're probably more likely to see sows and young boars in earlier times of the afternoon. And I've seen that mm. where a sow will come out onto a beach and feed between three o'clock and seven o'clock and then she disappears mm-hmm. and at seven fifteen, a nine and a half or 10 foot boar walks out and he feeds yeah mm-hmm. so the, the sows and young bears get in there and try to get their feed before the big boars come out at night yeah that's been more my experience than anything else which i, I, I think yeah that for the time they said they're yeah more active in the afternoons and evenings so yeah. one of the great things about a bear bait and with trail cameras you know i've never run one video mm-hmm. mainly because a lot of times i'm limited on my trail cams either i have too many baits not enough trail cams yeah, yeah. you know or whatever the situation is but i usually just run photos because i don't know i'm not going to kill my battery mm. um but yeah you get to see what you know you'll see uh, uh, you know, a bear eating and you're going to be looking, oh, no, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden, boom, it's a different bear. Mm. And it's and like it's, two seconds apart. It can be seconds or, mm. or just minutes apart. Yeah. And you know, he ran that last one off. Right. Right. And sometimes it's shocking what bear ran what bear off too. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and to, to that point, you know, the one thing I like about having video and you could probably tell us pictures too, but you know, when you're trying to determine the age of a bear or let's just say you're trying to determine if you have, if you're looking at the biggest bear in that area, when it's fascinating to watch these young bears feed at the barrel Mm -hmm. because they'll stick their head in, grab a bite, come out and look Look around around. yeah, and look around everywhere. And, and they're, they're super cautious. They'll, they'll sometimes even get up and, and look behind them and kind of walk around. Because they know and then, that they're at a site that a preference size bear yeah. is going to want yep. if he comes but in. When you watch that big mature bear 
He's got his head in the barrel for five minutes straight. He doesn't yeah. care. Oh, yeah, he, he does not care. He's down, falls asleep. Yeah, yep. he's the dominant guy in that area. Yep. He knows nobody's coming in to run him off. And if they yeah. do try, good luck. Yeah. You know, and so when you have that kind of evidence there, I mean, it's, it's so exciting watching those videos. It's my favorite. Yes. We're coming up on my least favorite part of the year, which is March, which is because I get bears bear fever and then i have to oh, wait yeah. until big time you know, and then I'm, look, I'm looking at pictures on my phone right now but, look, i mean look at that there you go you got a big old boar just yeah, just laying just there laying there yeah he knows he's the biggest thing in the woods yep, yep. yep. so so that, that pretty much yeah that, that pretty well wraps up bear yeah. judging and differences and if, yep. if you have a way of determining size or um you know boar versus sow that we didn't cover that you think is a great way to to distinguish Please write us in at the Northern Hunter on, yeah. on, on our website. Write yeah. us a message, and we'll be happy to revisit this. Oh yeah, bears are uh, without a doubt our collective favorite topic to discuss, <laughs> and it's it, it's probably the most popular mm-hmm. uh, you know subject for for listeners. So if you have if you have something to contribute, you know we'd be happy to talk about it. And, oh yeah, and, and discuss it. And, and if you have any any questions in addition to what we were yes. talking about, maybe you want some clarification. Do yes. the exact same thing. Absolutely. But we're here to help. So once now that you've we've kind of gone through where to find where you hunt. Yep. And the rules pertaining to that area. We've covered pretty much every species that's gonna have any kind of specific regs to it. There there are others, but I mean those are yeah just such a minute right. area. You know, you've got blacktails and muskox and things like that, but we're yeah. not gonna dive off into all of those. Those are pretty simple. Yeah, they're pretty simple. And again, the the regulations have diagrams for right. for all of that. So whitetail deer are just bucks and does. That's yep. about the only differentiation. Yeah, you and can if make. you're used to looking at whitetails, it's the exact same thing. They so. either have antlers or they don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much. But so now we're gonna move into methods of take. Yeah. You know, what's allowed and what's not allowed. You've got, you know, Alaska, there's been a lot of people that have tried a lot of things mm-hmm. <laughs> because yep. of that. Yep. You, you know, there's there's the saying that if there's a sign. It's because somebody did it, yep. you know, and the same thing, if there's a rule, it's because somebody did it. So, but there are some, we're not going to touch on all of them. There, there's an entire segment. If you can pull that up actually and pull up the page that it's on, we'll reference that. But, yep. you know, when you're coming up to Alaska, you've got to realize Alaska is not, you know, m- not much like a lot of other states in, yeah. in some of the leniencies and some of the you know, the rules and regs, you know, there's things that are allowed in other states that aren't allowed here. And some of them may surprise you. So we're going to touch on the big ones. And I, I have it pulled up on my phone. I can find the page number for you. I think it's page 20. Weapons restricted. Yeah, it should be actually the next page up as well. It should cover some of them as well. But, but yeah, so if you go to, let's see, look pretty early on in the regs book, looks like uh, the late teens into the early 20s as far as the pages go. You're going to find specifics on what you can and can't do, specifics on what kind of weapon you can use and what kind of methods you can use to take this game. So uh, I've got a couple written down here, but do you guys have any big ones that have stuck out to you guys over the years that you'd, you'd want to touch on? Pretty immediately? I mean, not necessarily. I've only ever hunted with either a bow or a rifle. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never... Uh, Never hunted with a spear, never hunted with a crossbow, never hunted with a muzzle loader. You yeah. know, I, I know there are some muzzle loader specific hunt opportunities that you can get. Mm-hmm. So, so um, why don't you go over the the requirements for a bow? Yeah, so uh, a, a bow, uh, and this is on page, what page are we on here? Scroll down a little bit. Page 
20. Uh, on the left-hand column, it's archery, bow and arrow. In an area specifically restricted to bow and arrow only, you may not hunt with a crossbow. You may not hunt with a bow designed to shoot more than one arrow at a time. You may not hunt with expanding gas arrows. That you sounds may cool. not hunt using poisons or substances that temporarily incapacitate wildlife. And then under equipment, you may not hunt big game with a bow unless the bow is at least 40 pounds peak draw weight when hunting black bear, doll sheep, caribou, sick of black-tailed deer, wolf, and wolverine. Or 50 pounds peak draw weight when hunting bison, brown slash grizzly bear, elk, moose, mountain goat, and muskox. You may not hunt big game unless the arrow is at least 20 inches in overall length tipped with a broadhead and at least 300 grains in total weight, or unless the broadhead is a fixed, replaceable, or mechanical retractable blade type and not barbed. So 40 pounds for a lot of species and then Mm -hmm. 50 pounds for bison, brown grizzly bears, elk, moose, mountain goat, and muskox. bigger, tougher, dangerous animals. Right. So so you can shoot black bear with a bow that is at least 40 pounds. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for female archers or young, you know, juvenile. youth uh, hunts, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Youth bow hunting. And then the the arrow restriction, you know, 20 inches in overall length, tipped with a broad head and at least 300 grains in total weight. That's that's pretty easily accomplished mm-hmm. over 300 grains is going to be the is going to be the case if you if you have any you know adult <laughs> draw length yeah your arrow is going to be over 20 inches the average draw length of an archer the, the overall average is 28 inches that's kind of the mean average between male and female shooters mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe the overall length uh uncut shaft is 32 uh, and you can cut that down or leave it at full length if you're like me and you have a ultra long you know, albatross draw length. Do you know mine's 30, 32 and three quarters? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. My draw length with a recurve is uh, 31 and three quarters. Yeah. I have like yeah. five bows I can buy. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and as far as broadheads go, you know, fixed blade, replaceable, mechanical, retractable blade, but not barbed. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it cannot have a, um, a barbed construction. And yeah. there are broadheads on the market that are barbed that yeah. are not legal to use in Alaska. So just make sure that you're covered under that. But, uh, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that I shot my first black bear with a recurve. I grew up shooting a trad bow all my life. Mm-hmm. I still shoot a recurve. I, I haven't shot anything with a recurve since that black bear. Yep. Not because it didn't work. It walked 10 yards and tipped over bleeding like a tap. Yep. It works awesome. And out of that recurve at the time, I was shooting 53 pounds of draw weight. And my arrow weight was like 750 grains. With a with a two blade broadhead, fixed blade, two blade with two bleeder blades on it, and it cut a monstrous hole through that black bear, and stuck in a root behind it, hmm. and uh, just blew right through it. And like I said, the bear walked ten yards or stumbled ten yards and tipped over dead. Yeah, there was blood everywhere. The best blood trails I've ever gotten with bears, by the way, as a caveat, have been with archery equipment. Yeah. And uh, my compound that I shoot now is 70 pounds, and my overall arrow weight, I believe, is over 600 grains. Mm-hmm. And I shoot three-blade fixed G5 Montec broadheads. Yep. Now, uh, this last year, I switched to the M3, which is basically the same thing except no vents. Okay. It's just a solid piece of steel. So it's non-expanding. 
I think that fixed blade broadheads are the way to go. That's a whole other tangent. Cut on contact, fixed blade, heavy arrow, and you'll kill your game as long as you don't you know, shoot it in the shoulder. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but that's, uh, that's kind of the summary of, of, of the archery. I want to touch on one more thing with that. Yeah. And yeah. that is the, um, bow hunter education. Yes. Required. Yeah. Uh, it is, there's one instance it's not required in. So I'll go ahead and mention that if you were born before January 1st, 1986 and are not hunting in an archery specific hunt, you don't have to have your bow hunters education. Mm-hmm. But if you are hunting an edu- an archery specific, an archery only hunt for mm. big game or you're, you know, not old. <laughs> hey, that was uh, four years before I was born. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, James, you're old. Um, <laughs> then, uh, then you do need your bow hunters education, which, which is a course yeah. through the department of fish and yes. game. And you get a little card yeah. that certifies now, now that you've through, gone through bow hunters ed. through COVID. I think they changed the way that looks a little bit that, I know that there is a physical class you can go take. I don't know if it's required. During it COVID, it may have come back. During since. COVID, they did away with the in-person field yeah. day and education, which I think is complete garbage. Yeah, you still have to do a shoot though. No, no, no they, really? did, they did away with all. All you had to do was pass a test online. Really, and yeah. I know some people that are a hundred percent incompetent with a bow mm-hmm. that use that time frame to uh, log online and get their bow hunters ed and they were nowhere near competent and i highly doubt that they would have been able to even pass well, the me, 28 um, yard course you know, I, I, um, and they got their bow hunters ed and it was complete yeah. nonsense it, it just completely voids the entire purpose of having bow hunters ed to begin with okay so but, I'm, sorry I'm i went on a whole rant there <laughs> very passionate i'm gonna piggyback <laughs> on that on that topic the whole point of bow hunters ed is ensuring efficacy with i 100 agree let me piggyback off that topic. The bow hunters education course in Fairbanks. Yes. I do not know if it's still run by the same people. I hope you at least have to do a shoot now. Oh yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, now I did that education when I was, I don't remember how old I was, but I was right at, you know, growth spurt in my teens. And I had been shooting a youth sized bow mm-hmm. that I still had. And my dad's thought was, well, here, shoot this, get the course and we'll upgrade you to a, to, to a bigger full size bow. But I was, was I was bit, because I had longer arms, all this stuff. And I'm shooting this youth sized bow. I had a really hard time mm, yeah. shooting straight with it. So I went and did that course. When I did the shoot, my, I didn't pass the first time. Mm. Now, if you don't pass the first time, it's a really easy course. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't pass the first time, sorry, you failed. But they said, no, no, well, you know, you're, you're you know, shoot, shoot at the practice target a little bit and then try again. And then I did. And then I passed fine. But, um, and then, oh, you know, I think it may have even been that day. He got out the other bow he had had for me. We set it up and I started shooting that bow and immediately mm. I was better. Yeah. Um, you know, the difference was size. And so right. it wasn't an issue for me, but there was somebody else there who couldn't hit the two foot by two foot target at 20 yards. Yeah. And that's the practice target. Yeah. And she's burying broadheads and field points into the wood and losing arrows. Yeah. And they're letting her practice to try to take the course. Yeah. When I passed that course, when I was a young teenager, mm-hmm. I, I guess I was probably 16 yeah. when I shot that. I wasn't too young. We had just moved back from overseas not too, not too long prior to that. I shot that course with a recurve, mm-hmm. and I passed it my first time. At that point, mm-hmm. I had never shot a compound in my life. Mm-hmm. I was shooting my recurve every single day. I'd been shooting 
every day since I was a little kid. Yep. I, I was obsessed with shooting my recurve, and I was good with it right. out to 30, 40 yards. And not that I would shoot most big game with a recurve of 50 pounds, you know, much past 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, that I think the longest shot on that course was 28 yards. It is. Yeah. And like I said, not a single shot was not in a kill zone on the animal. Yeah. And I passed it on my first try. And there were people with compounds, like Mariah said, that shot the course, failed, and the instructor said, oh, well, you can just try it again. And they took them back through. And some of them, it took two or three times right. with a compound mm. to pass the course. Yeah. That is not an ethical level for a bow hunter to be out there shooting at game. Yep. We cannot stress this enough. If you're a bow hunter, you are. If you want to be a bow you hunter, you are imposing yeah. a tremendous amount of physical and psychological stress in your hunting scenario. Mm. Shooting being game with a rifle is not all that easy, but it's a whole lot easier than getting under sixty yards with mm-hmm. a bow. Yeah. Okay. Even with a compound, you're sub hundred most of the time. Yep. Should be. Most, I mean, people, most, most people are sub 50s. Most people yeah. are sub 50 or 60 yards, yeah. even with a compound. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I could not believe the number of people, even adults, that shot that course with me as a teenager with a recurve that didn't pass the course. Mm. And the instructor just waved them on back through. Yep. If you're a bow hunter and you don't pass that course and then they let you reshoot it and you pass it, you ought not to let yourself hunt until you know without yeah. a shadow of a doubt that yep. you could make that shot in the field. <clears throat> yeah. With a bow hunter especially, being ethical is more important and having the self-control to know, look, if that moose steps out at 70 yards and you can only shoot out to 50 consistently, mm-hmm. and here's a great illustration. If you can't put three arrows in a paper plate at whatever distance your max range is, that's yep. your cutoff. Yep. And that that's that stands. Yeah. That's with a recurve. That's with a yep. compound. So yeah. if if you can stretch out to seventy with a compound and put three arrows in a, yeah. in a, in a yeah. pie plate size, then that's great. That's your that's your effective. You know, I didn't distance. shoot my bow for a couple of years because I was building a house and all these kinds of things, and I really regret that yeah. because growing up I shot so much. It slips. I could it? pick my bow up and go hunting, yeah. and as long as nothing had messed up with the bow, yeah. I never had an issue. I could yep. always hit what I was aiming at. It was never a problem. But when I didn't shoot it for a couple of years, mm-hmm. pick, pick it back up, I started shooting. I started shooting this past fall more, getting proficient again, setting up, had a newer bow, setting up sights. So there's all that too. It was mm-hmm. a different bow. Yeah. But when I'm practicing, I'm not practicing to hit a paper plate. Right. If, I, if I'm bigger than a four or five inch group. Oh, you feel like crap. I feel, yeah, I step up closer. I start shooting yeah. closer again. Okay, mm-hmm. I need to get my... Right. I need to get all everything that I'm doing. I need to be making sure everything I'm doing is perfect yeah. Yeah. at a closer range right. so I can maintain that small group. Right. And then I step out 10 yards, you right. know, add 10 yards, add right. 10 yeah. yards, you know, and I, I mean, I, I was taking my time, so I didn't stre- stress my muscles too much, but, um, and, and I don't mean, uh, it sounded weird to say it that way, but so that I don't, uh, Get fatigue. so much fatigue, fatigue, that fatigue yeah, because right, once yep. you get a lot of fatigue, if that you're practicing, develops you're just, bad form. It, yeah. So I mean, I was taking my time, walking slowly, just so that I wasn't getting a heart rate too elevated or anything, right. working yeah, on bad right. form. And I was working. You know, I started at 20, 30, piece of cake, forty, right, fifty, and at fifty, I'd be like, man, I just whiffed that shot. And yeah, it was within a paper plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
But it's just like with a, with a rifle, you know, you have the people that shoot a paper plate at 100 yards and think they're right. good. Or there's the people like us that shoot balls, one, one inch groups or less yeah. at 100 yards. Preferably right. a whole lot less. And if it is a yeah. one inch group, we start thinking, wow, well, can we fix that? Right. <laughs> right. Like that, it's, it's that same thing when, you, when you're dealing with an arrow. You a know, good thing to look at with a traditional bow is if you can shoot a couple inch group at whatever distance that your maximum distance is once your group grows beyond two or three inches at least for me anyway this is the standard that i hold myself mm-hmm. to if i can't shoot a three inch group or less at whatever distance mm-hmm. yep. then i'm too far away yep and archery is a maintain skill yeah. yeah if you don't keep up on it if you don't keep your form good if you don't have the discipline to do it all the time it does slip yep. you do lose that skill your effective distance gets right. a whole yeah. lot shorter. Mm-hmm. And with a compound, and like I said, I didn't buy a compound until I was in my adult years. And once I did, I thought, wow, this is, this is the whole new level of precision archery. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. is zero reason why you cannot shoot under two-inch groups with a compound yep. at whatever your effective distance is. There is zero excuse for yeah. that, in, in my opinion. And, and this is coming from someone that grew up shooting a trad bow. Right. So all the mechanics are still there, the push-pull, the follow-through, the back tension, whatever you want to call it. All of those skills were there because I shot a recurve, and all of those mistakes are magnified with a trad bow. Yeah. With a compound, it's... It's easy. The easiest. Those th- things are a whole lot easier to do. So the easiest and, thing and, to mess up between those two. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. But the easiest thing to in, in mess up, if you're shooting a trad bow a lot, you start shooting a compound, there's a tendency because all of a sudden you have this wall you're letting off that you don't have with, when, when you let go, that you don't have with a trad bow. And at least that's been when I've shot a trad bow, I've noticed the opposite effect. When I'm shooting a compound, I just let my arm sit there when mm-hmm. I let go. Mm-hmm. Because I know that's, what, what's going to happen to arrow and release with the trad bow you've got to maintain the bow right. out there yeah. right and so i think i would think there'd be a tendency to pull that for that to, to pull left or something or right depending on your well, grip yeah well and, and we'll go a lot more into oh, the, the sure, specifics yeah. of archery yeah, yeah. And, and maintaining and, and for yeah. those of you listening that might be struggling with getting your bow more accurate i mean you can look up online there's a lot of you know resources yeah. for that that are kind of scattered right, right about now but you know if you keep keeping out on what we're going to be putting out uh, here in the next several months, you know, we're going to be providing some resources for you guys to, to be able to yeah. figure out your weapon, because just like a rifle, you know, you got to figure out what bullet shoots, right? The same thing with a, with a bow, you got to figure out what arrow shoots, right? You can, you got to tune it, you know, you got to mm-hmm. do all this different stuff. So we'll be putting out some good information as far as that goes. So, but to get back to the do's and don'ts. Yes. Do's and don'ts. So don't hunt so, with a crossbow during archery season. Now that's not entirely true. Unless so, you have so, a disability permit. So like what that. it is, is it, it's hunt specific. Right. So crossbows, you are allowed to use them. The, uh, I believe the state does have a, a disability program for people that Correct. aren't able to draw a traditional bow. Right. There are uh, hunts that are archery hunts where you can use either one as well, but mm. there are also hunts that do specify bow and arrow only. So, so it's, it kind of falls back to the whole knowing where you're hunting right, right, and the right. region you're in. Yes. So the distinction in the regs on that is if it says archery and that's all it says under the hunt, mm-hmm. you are not allowed to use a crossbow okay. unless you have a disability permit. Gotcha. If it says archery or crossbow 
in the hunt specific mm-hmm. and, and you're not going to see that very often yeah very then, little then you then you have that option but if it only says archery it's not an option yep. yeah like I said, yeah. unless you have a disability right now the next big one is you know, what I, i've spoken to a lot of people that use this is muzzle loaders yeah now personally i've never hunted with a muzzle loader but there right. are restrictions as far as the state goes on the use of muzzle loaders and the taking of big game right the, the most prominent ones are that it has to be a 45 caliber or larger projectile. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, these things do get massive. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you can shoot big old balls of that out of these things. Yeah. And, you know, sabotage rounds and all kinds of other stuff. But it has to be at least a 45 caliber or larger. And then the other thing that, you know, people need to pay attention to is that in many muzzleloader restricted hunts, specifically muzzleloader, you're not allowed to use smokeless powder. And you cannot have a scope mounted on that muzzle loader. It has to be traditional iron sights. Hmm. And that, that was a rule I didn't even realize that Alaska had until I looked farther into this because right. I've never used it. I know certain states do allow you to use those. You know, you see these newer muzzle loaders, which you, if you could even call them that, they've got, you know, a bolt action basically where you put a, a cartridge in there. That's your powder charge. And then you have, yeah. you do have to muzzle load the actual projectile. projectile but right. outside of that, it's basically a bolt gun. And, and yeah. I've seen people talk about taking five, 600 yard shots with a muzzle loader. Yeah. And the state of Alaska just doesn't want that on the, the now, specific muzzle loader hunts. Now, to be clear, this is for muzzle loader specific hunt opportunities <clears throat> yes. for specific muzzle loader tags. Yes. If you decide that you want to hunt with a muzzle loader during gun season, yes. you are allowed to put a scope or use an inline with a preloaded charge, whatever yep. you want. But for muzzleloader specific stuff, they don't want you to have a scope. They don't want you to yep. use, what, you know, I, I think you it, mentioned smokeless powder. Yeah, it, it kind of defeats the purpose of the designated right. hunt, you know. Right. It's like if you're going to be out there with a weapon that's every bit as capable as a thirty out 6 like. Then what's then the purpose? What's the point of having right. a special season? Right. I've so. never killed anything with a muzzleloader. I did do. I did try a few times on a special hunt. Never, never had the opportunity to take anything. But I have done it. And yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, honestly, mm. for this hunt, you don't need any kind of fancy... Muzzle yeah. loader. You can no. go down to Sportsman's and buy. I mean, it used to be you, 150, 200 bucks. You could oh, yeah, buy yeah, yeah. You can get Walmart for 200 bucks. Muzzle um, loaders are cheap. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I mean, honestly, if if it's all you can afford, it's a great way to start hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're oh, yeah. especially if you're hunting over bait. And it's yeah. a really great way to get some good moose permits. At least in our game management unit, there are quite a few muzzle loader moose mm-hmm. opportunities. You know, n- near a road system yep. where they don't want you shooting a high powered rifle. Even yep. though I hate using that term. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, 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 they, that they let you shoot a muzzle loader because it's more effective or, you know, it, it's, it's more universally accessible and usable than mm. archery equipment is. Yep. So anyway. So the next big one that I, I felt was, was important to touch on was the use of motorized vehicles during the hunt. Mm-hmm. So we, we've covered it before, but just to, to recap on it, there's no shooting on, from, or across a drivable surface. Right. So if you are on a road, you cannot, and, and a caribou runs out right in mm-hmm. front of you, you cannot hop out of your truck and from the middle of the lane, take a shot at that caribou. Right. You're not allowed to do that. If you are on, let's just say the, the right side of the road and you see caribou on the left side of the road, mm-hmm. you cannot shoot them without crossing the road first. Right. Now, you can be not very far off the road. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you can be like literally right in the grass off to the side. You can stand on the shoulder. But yeah. Anything that's not drivable, you know, and so and, and you see that a lot on the 40 mile hunt, unfortunately, you know, guys getting held up for that every year because they're driving along and the caribou jump out right in front of them. But yeah. but that is a big one to look at. Uh, the other is harassing game 
with motorized yes. vehicles? Yes, you cannot chase them down. Whether it's a boat, a plane, a wheeler, a truck, anything like that, you're not allowed to drive animals with those. Right. You're not allowed to corral them, herd them in any any direction. Yeah. To my knowledge, I don't know. I don't think that animal drives are out 100%. I think it's just they're out with motorized vehicles. If anyone right. wants to bring right. clarity to that, then, right. then please do. But for, to my understanding, if you were to go across a hill and, you know, let's just say the, the word we used in Ohio was push. Yeah. You know, you're pushing the deer. Yep. Um, just by, by walking, then I don't believe that's illegal, but, but I, it doesn't really clarify one way or another. Right. The other is shooting from any motorized driven vehicle. Mm-hmm. So that's a boat, a plane, a helicopter, actually helicopters are a whole other segment. But yeah. um, the, the specific rule is that you are not allowed to shoot from any motor driven vehicle until the progress from that motor power has ceased. And in some units, you cannot shoot from a boat, even if it's not under power. Correct. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's, you have to be on land. On land. Yep. So, you know, and you, you do hear of a lot of guys moose hunting out of a boat, yep. you know, and, and whatnot. And so, the way that you would do that, if you're not familiar, is you would motor up to wherever you're trying to go, and then you would drift from there. If you are motoring, and let's just say you're on a, a lake or something like that, I right? Believe you're allowed all of to, your forward momentum from the motor has to be stopped. That, that's what I'm getting at, is right. if you're on a lake, let's say, let's say you're not on a stream that has a current, but you're on a lake, and you're trolling, trolling along and you happen to see a moose, right? you have to shut the motor off and actually wait until the boat stops moving yeah. from that propulsion of the motor before right. you can take mm-hmm. a shot. Now, if you're just drifting down the river, mm-hmm. you know, let's say you have your motor pulled up and or if you're just floating in a raft, floating in a raft right. or anything like that. And you right. happen to be moving with the natural current, right? That is okay. Right. You're allowed to shoot from that platform, but as long as you are under the power of the motor, all shooting right. is out. Right. So, and again, as long as you are in a, in, in an area where it is permissible, for you to shoot from a boat. Yeah. There are yep. areas that you need to research and make sure that you are legal to shoot from a boat or mm-hmm. that you're not. And in some cases, yeah, if you're coastal bear hunting, you can motor up and get within shooting distance sometimes yep. and, you know, putts your way in quietly. If there's a bear out on the beach, all you might have to do is just get up into the low water and then just step out on your waders and you can shoot from in the water. You yep. cannot shoot from the boat. Correct. Yeah. Anyway, next thing. So the next biggest thing for all you, I guess, tactical guys out there. Oh boy. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> There's no machine guns. Yes. That's kind of a. No set guns mm. and no shotguns larger than a 10 gauge. Right. So that is a standard pretty much across the board, all over the yeah. state, no matter what hunt you're going after. Even that's pretty bird, much I remember, I think. Yeah. E- even oh, yeah. bird has the 10-gauge rule, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yep. I think that's the biggest reason for, for that rule, is yep. because the way they used to use set guns. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> large shotguns. Guns. I, I have such a, I don't know. I, I Personally, I think that would be kind of cool. I think to set be, up at a bear bait. Can you imagine you set your 44 up in a bear bait, and then as soon as the bear sticks its head in, it's just boom. Just walk up and there's a bear right there. Like, part well, of me thinks that'd be really cool. <laughs> well, so but that is totally illegal. Hunting, just for everybody no, no, well, it's, <laughs> it's not, not hunting. hunting. That's, right. that's, no. that's trapping. In set right, gun, right. set gun doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean you've got a gun set up where if something walks in front of it, it's going to kill it. I think it's tripwire or something. Is the, is <laughs> no, the that's not what no. set gun means. Set gun is say, say I mounted a, a shotgun to the front of my boat. Yeah. Or I mounted a rifle to my tree stand. Yeah. That's a set uh, no, in place gun. No, that's not gun. the definition yes. of a set gun. A set gun is set by a trigger. 
Because but by your definition, you wouldn't be able to use a tripod and attach your gun to the tripod either. But you're still in control of it. Yeah. It's well, you'd still be in control if it was on your tree stand. Hmm. Well, <laughs> so either way, a, it's a, illegal. A set gun yeah. is set off by a trigger mechanism, whether yeah. that's a trip wire, a laser, or whatever you want. You okay. know, well, so. So the other one I want to talk on, touch on, just real quick, because yeah. it bugs me that they use terminology. It's like high-powered rifle bugs you, and it mm-hmm. bugs me too. Yeah. Machine gun bugs me. <laughs> yeah. Because to me, a machine gun is. <laughs> It, it, it's a mod deuce, you know, it's a 50 cal yeah, yeah. or it's a 30 cal. It's something set up on a tripod that you pull the trigger and it doesn't stop firing for a long time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But obviously they mean anything fully automatic, fully automatic. Right? Yeah. Which at least up here in Alaska, it's not that hard to get your hands on something fully automatic legally. <laughs> <laughs> legally. Right. I mean, I'm serious. It's right. Legally. To yeah. have, you know, so you're not supposed to use a fully automatic. So I don't know, you know, if you, if you were going to take your, Say you had a fully automatic uh, 300 blackout mm-hmm. AR. That it, would you be allowed to hunt with that? <laughs> on cringy a, right I know, right? <laughs> would you be able to hunt with that on the single fire mode? Yes, because it's not a machine gun at that point. <laughs> so, now trying to explain that to you the game better warden, hope not when the game, warden, game warden when the game warden comes up and says, "Hey, why right, you know right. like it's kind of like should you have the the." the blocker or the, the, whatever they call that, the, in your shotgun, just, just make the, sure the, the should, full should, auto fire mode. Isn't like, just, like just it, scratch it out. Scratch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no officer. It's just my safety. Right. <laughs> now to, to bounce off something oh, you had boy. said, this actually wasn't even on my list, but I remembered it is that you cannot hunt with a 50 cal in Alaska. There actually is no preferable or there's no bullet in the 50 cals that the state sees prefer or, Approved for use on big game. What? Yep. Where's this listed? I don't. I don't know where it is on here. I just know that. What about muzzleloaders? There's also no. That doesn't count. I'm talking about like the wait. Like, muzzleloaders you can do a lot bigger than 50. yeah. You can do like 56 cal. I can't shoot a 500 Jeffries. The designation, I believe, the designation is bigger than 50 caliber. Yeah. What? Because you can't shoot with anything because it has than to be an expanding caliber. bullet, and most of them in that range are not expanding bullets. Now, it does so, not have to be an expanding bullet. What if guys shoot solids? I don't know. Ask the regs. That doesn't... <laughs> I, I don't... I've never but heard of this The before. other thing I was going to say, and, and this is actually more what I was leading to, the, the 50 cal thing was more of a thought off the top of my head, is there is a weight restriction on guns that you can hunt with, and that is, I believe, 20 pounds. Okay. You cannot hunt with a rifle over 20 pounds. So if you do have a, a very large, you know, uh, range-style you know, two mile gun, you're not allowed to go out there. I've never and heard of either one of those. I haven't either. So, can you, can you, do you have anywhere to direct us? I'll, to I'll find it in a little bit. This is officially our longest episode a here. 50 caliber so, restriction. So, so I will find it and I will bring it into the next episode. But I want to find it right now. Yeah. I'm so, so the other big thing I wanted to bring up is no laser sights, no night vision, no infrared, no drones, and no radios. Mm-hmm. So, that includes two-way radios that you might use when you're talking. Now, you're allowed to use these when you are communicating as you're going around. Yeah. The specifics on it is to take a specific animal. Okay. That's how the, how the regs breaks it down, is you're not allowed to use two-way communication to take a specific animal. You can use two-way communication in the field, but it carries the same uh, rules as flying does. So if you were to use a radio... And let's say you're talking to your buddy or you're trying to get back to somebody in, in base camp about a specific animal. 
you have to wait till 3 a.m. the next following day in order to go out and actually pursue that animal. So you guys are really obsessed. With oh, dude, I, I, am, I am heavily into this now. So I, I just saw something that said that it is completely legal to use whatever caliber uh, for for hunting. That, that that fifty calibers are legal, not whatever caliber you want. Obviously, no, I could okay, I could be totally wrong on that. That's just something I've under I, I have understood that to be the rule for years. I, and so if that was something I was told in, in Miss. In, in misinformation, then I apologize for bringing that. I've never seen that. But I have heard that you're not, I heard at one time that you're not supposed to hunt with anything bigger than a 50 cal. Okay. But that doesn't make sense to me either. And then that may have been what started this whole thing. So you can't hunt with a 600 nitro? I guess that would be a good question. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Why wouldn't you let me take that to go hunt brown bears? Yeah, that, that, that doesn't, and I, I'm not, mm, I can't say this on the okay. air, but. <laughs> okay so uh, this is something we're gonna come back now, to this now is... hold on i did think in one hand i might be thinking specifically of the bmg i'm not sure i'm just I don't, yeah i don't um, know don't yeah. take that for any kind of any kind of truth it so, would be an amazing was, moose rifle it so. would be an amazing <laughs> you never even have to leave if, your house yeah if yeah. <laughs> if if you're on a wheeler hunt and you park and set it up on a table mm. yeah no, no. And again, that might have been just something that I heard. So maybe I'm just bringing so right here, to the platform. If, if you Google, is the 50 caliber legal to hunt in Alaska? There is a uh, there is a state law site, Giffords.org, that just does state law stuff. It says, last updated September 15th, 2021, Alaska has no law restricting 50 caliber rifles. Now, I don't know that I totally trust whatever this site <laughs> is, but it is a law center, you know, something or okay. to that effect. Yeah. I have never heard of that before. So, and the reason it was explained to me, and again, this is just something somebody told me yeah. that I've always just taken for truth, is, is and I, should, I guess I should have looked it up before. I've never heard of the 20-pound rifle thing either. Oh, really? That, that, I've never heard of that know, before. I don't know. I've always taken that for truth, too. Now, the, uh, the reason was is that with exp they, they do specify expanding bullets, I believe, in the taking of big game. For your hunting bullet, you're allowed to use solids as a backup shot. What? But your initial shot, I believe, does have to be an expanding bullet. So, you, so I, I, again, I really don't, I can't see that being true because what about the guy shooting a 4570 with a hard cast bullet? Which is far more effective on a lot of game than, than, a, than an expanding bullet that's going to fall flat on its face. People hunt with hard cast all the time. I'm on Fishing Games website right now under a firearms and ammunition. And this is specifically saying, hey, select a quality bullet that, you know, they say right. big magnums not needed. We might disagree with that, yeah, but yeah. Um, rifle weight reduces recoil, recommended type of action cartridge selection. There's nothing here that lists that you can't use anything this big, you know, it has to be at least this big or it can't be that big. I don't see that anywhere in here. Right. You know. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking through. There's a pamphlet on uh, hunting in Alaska provided by Fish and Game. There's weapon recommendations, but I don't see anything about maximum caliber well, is, or bullet restrictions. Well, well, this guy is a little overkill here. Somebody said, would a 50, ca 50 BMG be overkill for hunting bears? And he says, no, it would be underkill. <laughs> you need at least a 20 millimeter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't see anything about that. I, I'm, I'm going to call Fishing Game tomorrow. Sure, yeah. And talk to somebody about that. Because Maybe we can bring this up next week. So, yeah, so back on the technology thing. So laser sights, out. Uh -huh. Night vision, out. Yep. Infrared, out. Can't use drones. And two-way radios carry the same 
limitations right. as an airplane. Yeah. Just like you can't hunt the same day you fly in. You can't hunt a specific animal the same day that you've used a two-way communication device to talk about that animal. You have to wait till 3 a.m. the, 3 following, the day. following day. Right. Now, as far as attractants go, Alaska's different than a lot of areas that might be in you know the lower 48 somewhere. There's no salt licks allowed at mm-hmm. all. Right. Um, you can, you know, no chemicals uh, and deer urine. So urine from any species mm-hmm. from the deer family that includes moose, moose caribou, white-tailed yep, deer, elk, yep. anything but like that. The whole gambit is out. Right. Cannot use use urine as a, an attractant. Now, yeah. there are attractants that are are kind of based around this. I have to look into them before I bring them up. As far as as what how the legality of that works, I don't know, but. If you see an attractant for moose urine and it is utilizing actual urine, you're not allowed to use it. Now, mm-hmm. the exception to that is for, for lures. Now, right. you can use... Um, for, for like trapping. For, for trapping or even bear baiting, things like that, like we were mm-hmm. talking about. You, you, yeah. you obviously use a bunch of different scent lures. Mm-hmm. So, um, that would be the one exception. And I believe that there are special permits you can get to use certain lures in mm-hmm. certain areas. But again, that's not going to be the typical... Right. The, right. The typical and, and, and for the sake of big game hunting yeah. is what we're talking about. Yep. You cannot use animal urine. Right. Yeah. Well, right. you cannot use cervid urine. Right. Yeah. Deer family. That's right. what that is. So, so yeah. the deer family. Right. Which is a deer family. So, so that, you know, that doesn't count bears, obviously. Mm. Um, but it actually says using or being in immediate possession of urine from any species of the deer. Oh, interesting. Family. Including yeah. scent lures. Yep. So the next one is electronic calls, actually, kind of falling back to the technology. You are legally allowed to use electronic calls for the, hunt, the taking of any big game species outside of moose. Mm-hmm. I don't fully understand why that is. Wait I mean, a minute. It's, it's pretty easy to use. Wait a minute. Go back and read that again. You are allowed to use electronic calls. The use of electronic calls is allowed in the taking of big game for every species other than moose. Okay. So you can't go out there and, and I, and I know for a fact that Fox pro has moose calls on their, right. on oh, yeah. their, yeah. their Mine predator does. collars. <laughs> Mine does. But you're not allowed to use it. Right. Yeah. And, I, and it, I, I, I would never use an electronic collar for moose anyway, but I would either, but for somebody me. coming up here to hunt for the first time, right. Right. You know, the, maybe the, doing a DIY hunt. Right. You know, yeah. you the, do have to, to do vocalized calls yes. from, from your own voice. You are not allowed, you know, you can use the call for Wolf howling, if you, if you mm-hmm. don't know how to howl like a wolf, if try you to can use it for... Bears, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what it, you can even use, and I've heard this talked about before, is using like a uh, uh, moose calf in distress, mm-hmm. you know, when you're bear hunting, because that's one thing they're looking for. That is totally allowed, but as far as actually like a bull cow or a, a bull call or a cow call or anything like that when you're moose hunting, electronic calls are out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... And then to circle back to, I think that's really the big ones that people need to look, look for when they're, they're coming out for a hunt. Uh, outside of that, you know, we, we touched on that residents need a locking tag for both black bears and brown bears. And uh, yeah, I mean, in some instances, it says here that uh, sometimes you might not even need just your locking tag and your license, but are also required to have a harvest ticket and a locking tag and your license. Mm-hmm. So. That again will be always regional. the license, but would yes. be, well, always the license. Yes. But right. that would be, again, be regional to the specific place you plan on hunting. If you're going with a guide, they should give you the heads up on that. But right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I just wanted to couple, touch on a couple of points here just while we're going. 
you may not hunt moose with the use of electronic calls. You may not hunt sheep, mountain goat, or muskox using domestic goats or domestic sheep as pack animals. Oh. And you may not hunt big game with the aid or use of a dog, except dogs may be used to hunt black bears under a permit issued by ADF and G. A single leashed dog may be used in conjunction with tracking and dispatching a wounded big game animal. So that's self-explanatory. I just wanted yep. to hit on those items. So, if, yeah, if you're used to running dogs, it takes a little bit more permitting to do that. Yeah, and <laughs> so, good luck with the terrain up here. Yeah, right. Knock yourself out. Um, so other than that, I think we can circle back to pretty much two the, bears, pretty much is the main topic of this one. So what bear is too young to legally shoot? Any, uh, well, okay. Uh, the taking of cubs is strictly prohibited. Yep. And the taking of any sow with any cubs mm-hmm. with it, mm-hmm. accompanied by cubs, period. Yep. Doesn't matter if they're two years old. Doesn't matter if they're full-grown bears. If they're still with Ma, they're illegal. Yep. Period. Cannot shoot the sow either. No grace. Yep. So. Except in predator control areas. Correct. It has to be a, a specifically. Special, specific, I, think there, I think there's only one unit that allows that, right? It depends. That it change, Does it change, it change per change year? Year, yeah, year okay. depending yeah, gotcha. on what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Okay. On how and they're for, trying and, to manage that particular. And for some of the older, like the older style hunting and subsistence hunting. Um, there are units where it's allowed to, if, in, in like little areas and certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're very yeah. specific, small things right. that I don't but think. But it will say so in the regs if yeah. you can. If it does not say anything about that, then the taking of any sow with cubs or any cubs with a sow right. mm-hmm. are 100% off limits. Yep. I've heard some people try to feed you a line about, well, you know, if 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 the sow comes in and she has you know, two, three-year-old cubs or two, two-year-old cubs, mm-hmm. and yep. they're going to be kicked off soon anyway. You can still shoot the sow or you can shoot one of the cubs. That is completely wrong. Yep. If yep. there is a cub with a sow, both of them are off limits, period. Yeah. No exceptions, no grace. And if you shoot either one of those and the troopers find out, you're in for a whole lot of trouble. Yep. Yeah. So, so shoot the ones that are by themselves. And yeah. on that note, when you're at a bait site or when you're hunting bears in general, mm. if you see a bear that uh, uh that, that well that's anywhere near the brush that has any restricted visibility around it mm-hmm. you need to be careful and watch for cubs yep because i have seen it more times than i can count mm-hmm. where i see a single bear whether it's on a hillside mm-hmm. or at a bear bait and they come in or they come out into view in the spotter and you're watching them you're watching them you're watching them and all of a sudden out pops a little basketball sized cub yep well if you would have shot it 10 minutes ago when it first stepped out into your bait or yeah. when it stepped out into that clearing, you'd have just shot us up uh, um, uh, an illegal bear. Yep. So make sure there's no cubs yeah. because they don't always it, just run together. And, like and, and it can sometimes take even longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it take up yeah. 20, you know. Absolutely. I had an interesting situation this, this past spring in a bear bait. It was a grizzly sound cubs, an area where I couldn't be hunting grizzlies, but we were sitting there, so we decided to watch them. Yeah. And the, the sow came in. She was chowing down. Um, and then I hear some more, you know, sticks breaking and stuff coming in. And grizzlies make a ton of noise coming in compared to black bears most of the time. Mm, yeah. You get that. You hear that. You hear you the hear breathing. breathing. You hear the popping their teeth. Yeah. Or, or you just hear them. Uh, oh, yeah. If they're not, if they don't know you're there, they won't be popping their teeth. But, right. Right. Uh, you know, sticks breaking and stuff. Black bears will tiptoe in like a like a princess yeah. and you yeah. have no idea they'll there. slip in and slip out yeah yeah but anyway 
she was sitting there just chowing down. You know, you can hear the, the dog food crunching between her teeth. And uh, I hear another bear coming in. I look over and I see it on, on my left and I can see it's, it's a bit, it was a bit lighter of a bear and, it, and it's coming in and um, she's looking at it and she keeps looking up and looking at it, looking up and looking at it. And then I hear more noise up on the hill and she's looking up that direction. I'm on a hillside and anyway, she's looking up that way. And, and I, re- and, and then I kind of see two bears one at different times and the others up, up above where she was at and eating. And uh, she's looking at them. She doesn't seem alarmed. She just seems very miffed. Mm. Right. And uh, she looks up and she finally just all of a sudden was like snap of snap of the finger, just took off after those bears. And I got looking at my game camera and there was a, there'd been a sow with two three-year-old cubs. Mm-hmm. I almost wouldn't even classify them as cubs because yeah. they were so big. They were almost as big as she was, but she was trying to chase them off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. trying to keep them away. Trying to, she was trying to get rid of them. Right. And they wanted to come eat. And so when she ran off, she ran off to chase them off. I mean, mm-hmm. she ran off and you heard the snarling and the sticks breaking. It went crazy for a little bit. And then, yeah. Yeah. Right. Which, I mean, for, for those listening, I mean, that, that would be the, a gray the, area. You know, you, you, know, you if, always think if about she's, if she's trying to chase them off. There, so if they're successfully kicked, yeah, that would, right, you know, complete separation. But what I was getting at is, you know, everybody in their head they have this image of like a, a mama bear with these little it'd be like you right. basketball right. sized cubs, right? You know, which we see if plenty you of. See a, a sow that has three year old cubs with them. That's a whole herd of bears. That man. is a herd of bears. Yeah, and that is. That is I've got a funny fun story. I've got a funny story about that. Uh, I, I, I've, I've, I read a book a couple of years ago about a guy that, that, that hunted up here a bunch. He's a resident of South Central, and he was out uh, on the peninsula, I'll just mm-hmm. be vague about it. And he was by himself, and he walked up a river a little ways. This was in the spring, and he found a little tree to sit behind out in the middle of the gravel bar. He said he had about 50 yards wide on the gravel bar that he could see up and down the river each mm-hmm. way where it dumped out into the ocean. And he sat there and blew on his predator call for a while mm-hmm. and was trying to just call a bear out and just mm-hmm. get one to stick its head out. He knew it was a high-density bear area, and he had flown in there. He was by himself. Yep. And he said, I called for, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it was, for, for a little bit. Nothing had stepped out. I didn't think any, anything was going to come in from any kind of distance, so mm-hmm. I just kind of gave up, and I just sat there for a bit just watching. He said, and I fell asleep. And I woke up to the sound of a growl, and up the sandbar, or up, up, up the gravel bar, is coming a sow and three adult cubs Ooh. on a full charge. He said mm. the wind was bad. They could smell me, mm-hmm. and they'd heard the predator caller, and they were coming in. And so yeah. he stood up with his rifle. He had a 300 Win Mag, and which is just short caveat, not what I'd want to stop a brown bear with, <laughs> especially four of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he waved his arms and tried to make some noise, and they did not turn. They yeah. were coming in hot. So he shot one. He shot the biggest one that he thought, and they stopped. The one dropped, and he racked the bolt, and another one took off charging at him again. Shot the other one. And then the, and then the last two that he assumed were both uh, two, of, two of the three cubs took off and, yep. and veered off and left. So, at, you know, sows and cubs, especially sows with yeah. adult cubs, 
you do not want to put yourself in a situation where you're um, um, intruding their bubble. We'll yep. just put it that way. You need to give them a wide berth. Let them know you're there. Try to yep. chase them off. You know, if you're at a bear bait and a grizzly sow comes in with a few cubs that are adults, or, or if you're at a bear bait and you can't shoot grizzlies over a bait, yeah. man, run them things off. You know, yeah. clap your hands, make some noise. Run them out of there because yeah. they'll throw every black bear in the in the zip code away from your bed. And they'll eat your food yeah. faster than you oh, can keep dude, it yeah. <laughs> You'll literally go through 100 pounds a day if you feed them it's that like much. like feeding yeah. teenagers. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, that being said, do not mess with sows with adult cubs and, and black bears too, but especially grizzlies. Grizzly mm-hmm. sows are just extremely cantankerous. Yeah. But anyway, now, sorry. Now, cool. I, I'm, I'm sure the DLP laws have some leniency as far as that's concerned especially since the sows with cubs are probably the most likely he had to turn them both in yeah oh yeah yeah fishing game took both of them yeah because it was a sow with cubs and and i know that in in dlp in general yeah they take they 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 seize the animal and the hide i believe actually goes up for auction yeah at the end of the year so part yeah so right but i don't think you know, you've got to worry about the legalities of, of no. a sow with cub. In, no, in that no, if it's a DLP, so. man, it, and and for our listeners, DLP is defense of life and property. Yep. If if you're in an, if mm-hmm. you're in a dangerous situation where the bear is going to get you or it's coming at you, yep. On a charge, then man, open it up, yeah. blast it, put it down. Yep. That's uh, use enough gun. <laughs> All anyway. right. Well, you guys. Uh... You guys think we covered it? I think we've about I beat this so. horse to death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, this is our longest episode yet. Yeah. yeah. So and and you know again give us some feedback on on the length of the episodes you guys like I mean we can go longer if you like or we can we can try to cut them back no guarantees yeah, is, we just like talking so this is great I, <laughs> I I think this is one of our best content episodes yet I've loved every minute of this yeah. like I said yeah. I love bears so this has been easy yeah. all right well uh you guys the only final thought I have really is that we'll we'll address the uh, the regs thing uh, in a future uh, housekeeping topic on those ones so on on the on the uh, caliber on the, on, stuff on the, on the yeah. hearsay i want to call so, fish and game and talk yeah, to them about uh, it because i, 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 I want to know well yeah i i do too so on that so note, hang in on those ones on that note while you're on your bear hunt <laughs> bring you, you need your, to have your stealthy hunter rifle oh, cover oh i was gonna go and, for the uh glassing pad and the glassing Ooh, pad yeah. because when you're sitting on a gravel bar predator calling for grizzly bears <laughs> or when you're sitting in your tree stand right. and that stupid seat that came with that cheap tree stand just <laughs> keep, makes your butt go numb then use your stealthy yeah. hunter glassing pad yeah. and, or you know protect your rifle and your optics yeah cover up the action yeah and protect uh, your butt too sport a great <laughs> rifle cover from ryan lampers at stealthy hunter yeah. and when you check out Use the discount code the Northern Hunter. No yep. caps, and you'll no get space. A, yes, no caps, no space, and you will get a discount on your order. That'll help support the show. We appreciate that kickback, and it'll yep. also go to support a great uh, uh, fellow in the industry, a, yeah. a good friend of ours, and uh, Ryan Lampers and, and his family there that has that company. They also have nutritional products, and uh, I'm sure, at this point in the episode, you already heard the commercial about it. So yeah, we'll leave that at that. But go buy uh, go buy rifle cover. All right. Yeah, and a glassing pad. <laughs> and a glassing pad. <laughs> and some nutritional supplements. Yep. Just, add, just add, do it all. At a discount. Yes. Oh. All right. Well, thank you guys for hanging in on our officially longest episode. And if you uh, have any thoughts, any any questions, or any any commentary, hit us up and go to the website and hit the contact button, at thenorthernhunter.com. You can also go to our socials, 
message us at either one of those. We'll be able to get to it and, and get out to you. Yeah, yeah, we will respond answers. to you. If if you've sent us a message, we haven't responded yet, just because we haven't gotten around to you yet. Yep. We've read the message and we're, we're planning on it at some point. Some yep. point we're either future. looking for more information or we're just all working full-time jobs while trying to do this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, guys, I appreciate it. And we'll catch you next week. All right. Use big guns, kill big bears. Thank you.